Sorry, I went to the two-person. This is the three-person. What's up, everyone? Welcome yeah. to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. Uh, we have a lot of people here today. One, a two, a three, a uh, uh, uh. I'm Chad Michael, and one of your hosts. We've got Spaghetti. I'm Spaghetti. Hi. That's Spaghetti. Holden Spaghetti Depardo. He's asked no, me, he's spaghetti. literally asked me to only call him Spaghetti today, so we shall only refer to Holden as Spaghetti. Uh, and we also have with us the returning champion of life, liberty, the pursuit of whatever you want to do with yourself, Stephen Dutzman. Say hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. You're so cheeky. You are so cheeky. Uh, Stephen, of course, from the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast Network of a whole bunch of shows. In fact, you have a new one about World of Warcraft. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. <gasps> we'll be talking it much is. more about that a little bit later in the show. We've got a lot of really interesting adult conversations to have today, mostly about money, money, and more money, and then Amazon trying to suck up your money. Uh, let's talk through the next paragraph real quick because I forgot that there's another paragraph. Hey, if is, is it Tuesday? Is it 9 a.m.? Put us in your ears. Put us in your eyes on YouTube. That's right. Watch us right now live just like DF and Smitty is who says in the chat on twitch.tv slash affable idiots every Sunday night at about 8.30 Eastern. It's 8.28 right now. I'm so sorry. Um, we'll stall. Everyone take two minutes. Go grab a cup of water. We're going to come. I'm just kidding. We're going on. <laughs> Fuck you all. This episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we will tell you about later in the episode. But right now, we're going to jump into a little thing that we call playtime. That's where we talk about what we played this week. Um, Steven, in our notes, it says the father of podcasting, <laughs> Steven Dutzman. Um, That's wonderful. You've been playing Among Us, which is a game that's quickly become an exploding phenomenon. Tell us about your introduction to the game. So my kids taught me how to play yesterday because I was like, it really caught me by surprise. Normally gaming stuff doesn't, right? Like I am, I like to think that I'm pretty connected, but all of a sudden my entire Twitter feed and everyone I know is talking about it. And I was like, okay, it's cool. You know, this is like the, the, the zeitgeist of the minute. But then I was on Facebook I know you guys don't know what that is, but I was on Facebook <laughs> and uh, the former – so someone I used to work with who is – Carrie Ananaba? No. Someone – my senior. Okay. okay. And she has college-aged daughters and she posted about – you know, it was, it was National Daughters Day, which I don't know if you know. That's a thing. And she posted about that, and they one of her daughters was like, uh, you're late for game night. You're supposed to be online right now. And I was like, what game are they playing? And I, and I asked, and she was like, yep, we're playing Among Us. And I was like, okay, if you are playing Among Us, then I need to know what this is all about. And so I bought it on Steam because it's five bucks. Uh, and I sat right here in this chair, and my son sat next to me. And we played, I think, like seven games for me to like really kind of figure it out. And now I'm happy to report that I know and understand all the memes. 
Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and the so I get it when everybody's like red looks sus. Like I get it now. Like I feel like I'm in, and I get it a hundred percent. I totally understand why this game is super addicting. It's fun to watch it on streams. I can totally understand why it would be super fun to play with people that you know. It feels a lot to me like uh, a board game like this is there are board games where this is the entire shtick werewolf and you know secret Hitler to a degree like there's a whole bunch of them where it they're social deduction games and there's a hidden traitor that's trying to do some crazy stuff and you either are the hidden traitor or you are trying to figure out who it is so it's very reminiscent of those that genre of board games and I don't particularly like the board games Truthfully, I'd rather do other stuff, but this is something I could definitely see myself doing a little bit more frequently. Uh, and it's just surprising to me how this game from freaking two years ago just came out of nowhere and just took over the entire internet. Have you played it with a full, you know, ten uh, group of ten people? Yes, not with a full group of ten people that I know. But so most of my games were with strangers, but it was I played mostly 10 person groups. Okay. But they were with people that I don't know. I still thought it was great. My only problem was getting used to the map and stuff like that. And I know that that would just come with time. That's a fluency issue. Uh, It was super easy to learn. And, you know, the fact that you could play it on your phone and really just watching a game. You know, there's very few games that I could say to somebody, watch this once. You'll know everything. (laughs) maybe twice maybe twice if the first one goes too fast i thought it was very neat i am so happy for these developers they put this game out it came out with a whimper a couple years ago and now all of a sudden it's taken over the world sorry my phone keeps beeping my family group text is just blowing up for whatever reason (laughs) they're playing among us they're wondering where you are they're like where are you that would actually be that would actually be pretty awesome i'd be like nana is definitely sus um Actually, my, my, my mother is quietly would be an emotional terrorist in this game, so I would be concerned. <laughs> but So, no, I, I, I think everybody that I was I went into it expecting it to be like like a whatever experience. I don't know why I was just like, you know, this is just a game of the moment. Not a big deal. Totally understand why. And I, I buy into it now. We Fun have fact, a uh, though, go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead to you guys. We have a we have a, a let's play up for oh, we do? did it with um, Pixel Street Podcast, so it's over on their YouTube channel. Uh, we had up to I think one of our games was nine people, all that like we knew, or we were all on voice chat together in Discord too, which is not the way you're supposed to play the game. You're supposed to play it just with a text chat and only whenever someone's dead or you call a meeting. But it is so much fun to be just shouting over voice chat at each other, and you're just like doing tasks and be like, <gasps> "Purple's beside me. If I die before." I- and then you just go silent because the rule is you're not allowed to talk when you die. Change- like- <laughs> what it does, I mean, that changes the game. But at it does. the end of the day, that's just a different thing. As long as people respect the um, – because, I, I mean, if everyone lies constantly, and ev- then, it, then anything that is said over voice chat doesn't matter. Because I have played Hidden Trader board games where someone has ed- – has completely said that they were the traitor the entire game and no one believed them because they're always full of crap. And so they were just trying to be an agent of chaos. And so 
I tried to do that. I was like, oh, there's a sabotage screen. I was like to my oldest son. I was like, shouldn't I just sabotage like literally everything? It's so easy. You just click into it and just shouldn't I just always have that on cooldown? He's like, no, you got to coordinate with your uh, I'm like, but I can't coordinate with this person. I barely know what color they are. Shouldn't I just be an agent of chaos? And he's like, dad, that's sus. I'm like, <laughs> it's not like I, it's not like if I fail, I lose money. Like, let's just mess around. And so because I try to do that. You know, in certain in those situations, I just try to be an agent of chaos because it's funny. Um, but no, I think this is this is super fun. I would recommend this to just about anyone. Five dollars on Steam is outright theft. Yeah. Even if you're only going to play it with friends for like a day. Right. Like if you're never going to play this. Five bucks on Steam and it's free on mobile. So yeah. free on mobile and it's crossplay too. ads. There's ad- yeah, exactly. I mean, there's ads, but like whatever. This is absolutely worth it. It feels like theft to me. You know, five bucks for even a couple hours of entertainment. You're never going to get that anywhere else. You spent six times that to watch Mulan for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like, I know this genre has already existed in board games, but do you feel like this could start a trend in the same kind of way that PUBG started the Battle Royale trend? I feel like it's going to as well, yeah. This, I mean, this has already been there before in video games. Also, uh, there was a VR game that was essentially like a VR implementation of the werewolf thing. Ubisoft did it around. It was part of the original PlayStation VR announcement. But I think now that people have seen, because this is so simple, right? It's such a simple thing, and it's a simple framework, and the graphics are uh, like objectively not great, right? Like this is just a a flash game, right? <laughs> it's obviously not, but for all intents and purposes, it's just a flash game. Someone is going to look at this and go, wow, this is crazy. We could do this better. And it's going to be, there's going to be, Bethesda's going to try and shoehorn it into the next Fallout because, of course, they are. <laughs> and, like, it's going to be wild, but this is, it, it, it's absolutely going to get taken. I am waiting, I'm, I'm hoping. Jesus, sorry, I'm going to just turn my phone off. Goodness gracious. They're talking about what they ate for dinner today. They no eat? joke. We have a giant family. <laughs> we have a giant family group text, and we're all talking about the junk we ate after <laughs> we had a nice steak lunch this afternoon. So don't mind me, everybody. I'm just shutting off my phone. This is garbage. <laughs> and, I've, and I'm just so mad that I don't even know how to turn off my phone anymore. Um, it's just... I don't have show notes anymore because that was on my phone. We're going to fly by the seat of our pants. We'll be fine. Perfect. So, no, this is absolutely going to get cribbed by everybody. Uh, obviously, there's going to be cheap knockoffs or whatever. But I, I'm looking forward to, you know, Nintendo's take on it. You know, throw the, throw a mode like this into the next Mario Party. You know, stuff like that. Let's do it. Let's go. If Ubisoft made a Rabbids version, I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what they should do? They should put this into the next uh, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. No, (laughs) that sounds um, bad. So that so every time you hit the emergency like meeting button, like slowly it degrades. If for nothing else, (laughs) just so it would piss off Chad. Like that's literally it. The whole thing. I'm not opposed to the weapon degradation in Breath of the Wild. I just think the game is boring. Well, (laughs) the degradation. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, no, 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 we're going to have time to talk about this later. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk. Respect. <laughs> let's show the respect to um, 
to Among Us. I'm just so surprised that it just kind of came out of nowhere. This game's been out forever. Me you know? too. Like that, for all intents the fact and purposes, that it took old over. Game is old. Yeah, it yeah. took over two years after its release, and now it is everywhere. To the point where I literally saw, I didn't watch, but I saw that Among Us porn exists today. I saw that. <laughs> it is a thing. People are wearing just yeah, jumpsuits well, with motorcycle rule, helmets, all different colors. For, isn't that rule 34 or whatever? Yep. They've I don't it. even I, want to imagine what that is. I saw the same image. It's just people in costumes. Uh, I mean, the costumes exist. I mean, that's... I'm very much excited about the potential because kids are playing this. Fun fact, it's rated Peggy 7, which means it's age appropriate for anyone 7 and up. Not rated by the ESRB because it's such a small game. And why would they? And it wasn't released on consoles. I'm absolutely certain that now that they're making tons of money, they're going to get this to go through cert and send it through and get it on because this would be great on Switch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, all the other stuff. So now that they're making the money, why wouldn't they? Or at the very least, the sequel will. It's just I went to go write a review and start the process. Obviously, I want to get some more plays in before I officially do it. But one of the things I do is I go grab the ESRB information. And uh, I was like, what, where, where is it? This is the biggest game on earth and we don't have a review. So I had to go get the Peggy information. And I was like, Peggy says this is seven plus. I mean, and now that I think about it, it's really not bad. Like when you kill somebody, you do cut them in half, but it's not like there's a lot of blood. <laughs> or twist their neck. It's or... a really cartoony, like the it's... single bone sticking out. Yeah, like it's, it's totally cartoony. Stuff. Yeah. It's Bugs Bunny stuff. I buy that. I mean, we'll talk, mm-hmm. you know, if we were here for the Final Fantasy beating a rated M game thing, that, that shocked me more than this. The <laughs> iOS App Store rates at nine plus. Yeah. So I don't. But they don't give a description. I try to get like the description. There's like always in yeah. ESRB rating, there's always like a paragraph where they talk out the various things, which, by the way, out of context, those are very funny. Um, but the but there wasn't one. So I had to go look at Peggy and Peggy wasn't very detailed either. I mean, whatever. There's not a lot to describe in this game. But I, I love do, when those reviews just say suggestive. It's like suggestive towards what? <laughs> that's, that's, so that's the rating category. Suggestive yeah. usually means sexual it's, stuff. But usually, but it's like so vague. Like I'd be like suggestive towards doing drugs, you know, violence, like <laughs> suggestive towards overthrowing if your you government. At, well, let me throw some. <laughs> let me throw a shameless plug. This in. is PG go, for suggestive government overthrowing. <laughs> that's Sorry, uh, that sounds. That sounds like a Far Cry game. So the (laughs) uh, shameless plug, if you go to EngageFamilyGaming.com this week, we actually published an an article that is uh, the three parts of an ESRB rating. And it actually explains kind of how that works. Like there's the rating that we all see on the box and we all know. You guys don't pay attention to it because you're adults, but like parents pay attention to it. But there's two other pieces there. And I always talk about the rating categories because that gives you a pretty good idea as to why but if you don't know what that means or if you want more details for example like you know if it says like drug use that that means something different to different people right because in some cases drug use could be there's a dude in a scene that does a thing as opposed to like the main character like snorting coke to regain their life right yeah. like those are two different things but they would get the same rating category so if you go to the rating description which is on their website it's like a full paragraph that explains for the most part exactly what happens to earn those categories so it goes it's like starts very high level and then it keeps drilling down that's why with the descriptions like the paragraphs especially for games that are obviously rated m 
the descriptions are amazing. Like a clinical description of why Cyberpunk 2077 is rated M for mature <laughs> is going to be amazing. You kind of got to be wary of spoilers, though. I can't imagine why. And they they explain it in very clinical terms that you could show to a soccer mom to explain this is why Doom is rated M. And it's it makes perfect sense. I wish my job was to write them. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be your hobby. Well, um, my hobby kind of is talking about why games are rated the way they are. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Holden, it looks like you've played Clubhouse 51 games. How many people did you kill on that? <laughs> Um, I didn't kill anyone, but there was some suggestive material in there towards oh. overthrowing the government. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's nice. gambling in it, though, right? Because you can play blackjack? Yeah, I guess you could say there's gambling in it. Technically um, counts. Order the SRB. I don't know. Does it? Because it's not. It's like chips. It's not actual money. It's not like you're putting in your money. I see what you mean, though. Like blackjack is a game. Historically speaking, historically yeah. speaking, I haven't checked the SRB rating for 51 games, um, but... Historically speaking, any card game that included poker or blackjack or, you know, Texas Hold'em, obviously when that was like huge, mm-hmm. automatically got a T rating because they had gambling in them. I'm pretty Fun sure fact. certain this is uh, an E rated game. But I don't like if you don't I don't like the reviews anymore or the ratings. I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. I'm like, yeah, I ha- I can't even tell you. Like if you put a gun on my head, I can tell you Cyberpunk is probably going to be rated M, just because I can infer that. But I'm not probably. thinking like, <laughs> probably. But I wouldn't. They wouldn't have like dawned on me. Um, sorry, Clubhouse Fifty One Games. I'm actually curious if you have this game, Stephen. For those who don't. don't know, it is the collection of board games and kind of just like mini games from Nintendo that came out in like June. And mm-hmm. I just had this like, fuck it, I'm just going to get it. I'm just going to get it. And I'm really glad I did actually. It is surprisingly fantastic. Every game I've played is super high quality. Everything is high quality. And it, they're all games everyone basically already knows. They just don't call them what you normally would call them. For example, Yahtzee is in there. But it's not called Yahtzee. It's called Yacht Dice. <laughs> so just look for Yacht Dice instead. They have Uno, but don't, they don't call it Uno. It's called Last Card. They're just all these like once you realize what game they're talking about, you're like, OK, I get why that was called Last Card now, because I was very confused why there was a game called Last Card I'd never heard of before. It's like, no, it's just it's just Uno. Um, but they even have like those mini um, even have like a mini golfing game. They have like table tennis, really like, a little toy on a tennis table. Like they need, they have games outside of board games as well, but they're all really high quality. You can play online with friends and with strangers, and it just seems like a total blast. And I kind of feel like it's one of those games where and this is what I'm, I recommend to you, Stephen, for playing games with the family. This is it. This is great. The literally the only reason we don't have it is that I want to buy it physically, mm-hmm. and they did not make a lot of them, and it's just been busy. But we are going to have it uh, for you know the end by the end of the year. <sighs> yeah. So. One thing I didn't check is how multiplayer works on a TV. Like for example, you're playing. Um, you're playing poker. You're decided you're going to show your kids Texas Hold'em or whatever. Uh, Do you really want to like, everyone look away from the screen? Like, how is that going to work? I haven't tested that. I don't think it has local multiplayer like that. That's part of the issue. I don't think it has local multiplayer. It has two player at least. It does. Okay. I, yeah. You know what? I don't. I'll be honest. Because I don't have it, I don't know. So that's a an interesting question. 
they might block out certain games because when you go to play online, they block out certain games. So they might block out certain games for two player, which is going to make a lot of sense because I, I can't imagine playing poker and I'm just going to trust the person next to me that they're not going to look <laughs> at the screen. Screen no cheats. way. Screen cheats. Good games. Um, but I was. Cheat. It's Nintendo, so it shouldn't surprise me that's high quality. But I am still very surprised at how qu- high quality it feels. All the games just feel really refined, a lot of fun. And I just had fun just trying to beat the little challenges. Like you get little rewards for beating the CPU on normal or hard or um, there's another difficulty and then impossible. And you get little rewards and you get a little trophy next to that game if you manage to beat all the little um, kind of challenges associated. So it's kind of like a completionist if you just want to play it on your own. Uh, There's a completionist aspect to it. But overall, I really like it a lot. Um, Other games I played... Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is just like, it's fucking awesome. Mario Galaxy is the best. You're Don't still in Galaxy right now? I'm still in Galaxy right now. I haven't had yeah. too much time to play video games this week. Um, but I'm definitely still playing that. I did try to go back to Mario 64 again, and I'm like, oh, gosh. I just don't know if I want to. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I told you last week that I had, I was like, I'm going to touch my toe to the water, and then I got sucked in, and then I got 30 stars, and I'm like, well, and then I went back to it, and I tried to do a couple more worlds, and I was like, I can't play this anymore. I There's the nostalgia factor, and it's fun that I have it on my Switch, but it just controls so poorly that I can't play it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then, especially when Galaxy's right next to it, well, yeah. there's a game in between, but you know what I mean. And Galaxy plays really great, but here's the thing, playing all these games, I've realized... Mario Odyssey is still the best 3D Mario game because it controls so goddamn well. I constantly am playing this game going, I want to throw my hat so I can jump on it and then do another dive in the air so we can make it to that ledge over there. I'm like, you can't do that, Holden. This is not Odyssey, and you just need to get over it. And I'm like, I can't get over it. Odyssey's <laughs> the best, hands down, period. And then the final game I started playing this week is Horizon Zero Dawn. <gasps> Why are you playing Horizon and- Zero Dawn, Holden? Because it is our barf game for the months of September and October. And I actually started it in September. I'm very surprised. <laughs> very good, sir. Here, I'm not going to go too much into like, my opinions of it. Just kind of like a perspective I'm going in with this game. For those who don't know, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like Breath of the Wild, is kind of like a historic game in the respawn aim fire lore. Where we first started our podcast, Horizon Zero Dawn had just come out. I played Breath of the Wild first, and I feel like when I went to play Horizon Zero Dawn, I had this mindset of, I'm playing an open-world game. And I think it's kind of why I didn't like it at the time, was because I just played Breath of the Wild, which is a fucking spectacular open-world game that does a lot of really great things. I've made the, you know, going from a BlackBerry to an iPhone kind of comparison when playing Breath of the Wild. It might be lacking copy and paste and a few other things, but what it does, it does so well that it makes other things seem old. And I got that feeling playing Horizon. But now that I'm starting Horizon and I'm playing it distant from that, I kind of hit me that I, not, I don't feel like I'm actually playing an open-world game. I just feel like I'm playing a story-based game where the characters are the, the highlight and the, the narrative is the highlight and the world just allows for those things to happen. And I think that's me getting into this game with a better perspective than I did before. Great. I'm what glad. And I know... You'll have to wait to the end of the month. You won't know. And I know that you're going into it knowing that like each combat scenario is like a puzzle or thing. You could you could do one of a trillion different ways of solving it, and there's all sorts of fun and experimentation going on. And I know that's that the mindset you're heading so into this. So hard way. to get me to like enjoy this game. <laughs> I know you're not just going into every single 
combat scenario, just trying to beat the shit out of everything <laughs> with your melee. <laughs> that's what combat is for. That's what you do in combat games. You're right. You're right. Uh, that's great. <laughs> yes, like Holden said, you have until Halloween to play Horizon Zero Dawn. I've decided, mostly because a whole month has gone by and I haven't started it again yet, but I already platinumed it. I think I'm just going to do a new game plus and just run through the story content with my super powerful overpowered armor um, and just have fun with it. That's what I've decided I'm going to do for this. Are you holding? Are you playing it on PC? Are you playing it on PS4? PS4. Mm. PS4 is regular, not even game. pro. I. That's all right. No HDR. Why, why get? Why get a pro now? There's a PS5 coming in like a couple weeks. Exactly. So the and I got one, and I got oh, one. God damn it! Proud of you. That's good. <laughs> uh, I did. I did only because uh, I got by with little help from my friends and my fellow podcast co-hosts who are many and I am taking one from them. Um, not for scalping purposes. They just get them for games journalists. Um, Cause some people have to work. I don't know. It's complicated. They <laughs> I'm just, all I know is I have to drive to New Jersey and bring cookies and I get, Hey, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. As long as if you're I getting cookies. One. Yeah, Cookies exactly. are better than anything so, in New Jersey, so you're just bringing a little sunshine into their life. <laughs> true, true facts. So the my experience with, and I don't know if I've shared this, my experience with uh, Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't, know, I don't know why I'm stuttering over that, is actually the opposite. So I pre-ordered my Nintendo switch from Amazon. And as you guys know, you don't pre-order Nintendo products from Amazon because they get them late and then they ship them to you. It's a whole mess. And so I took that Friday and the following Monday off to just play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild the whole time. And I was going to wait on Horizon Zero Dawn. And so I... That Friday, I went into my local GameStop to pick up my pre-order of Legend of Zelda, which I did. And I was getting the game, the, the system later on that afternoon, or at least that's what the person that I had chatted with the day before on Amazon uh, said. While I was picking it up, I got a call from my wife. And first, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Is everything OK? And she's like, well, I know you said that you chatted with them. And they said that there was a switch was at a distribution center in New, in northern New Jersey and that it was likely going to come to you. But I just want to let you know that not only is there not a switch in a distribution center in New Jersey that's going to make it to you today, there is not a distribution center in New Jersey. <laughs> and so it's not coming today and they're not really sure. Like they, they, she said they just got them from Nintendo. So like you, you might not get it for a while. And so I rage purchased Horizon Zero Dawn. Because I was like, I need something. Like, I can't. I need to play something. And I had already read the reviews. And, you know, I had an idea that I was going to like it. And I proceeded to rage play this game for 30 hours between Friday and Sunday. My wife was like, are you okay? Like, she was very concerned for me. She hadn't seen me spent that much time into a video game uh, since World of Warcraft. Like, she was... We'll talk about that later. But she... So... I played so much of it and then I stopped because my switch came on Sunday and breath of the wild is the best video game Nintendo has ever made full stop. You shut up, Chad. And, um, <laughs> so, and then I, it took me a while to like get back to it. 
right? But eventually I did, and my goodness, is that game so good. I can't wait for Forbidden West. It is... You you're you made a good decision, Holden, to play this yeah. game. Yeah, you absolutely did. I cannot wait, and it's on PC, and I have one of them fancy their PCs. So I've actually thought about double dipping and buying it, just to like you know, give it a try. But then I but then I remembered, they're gonna release an updated version of it for the PS5, and so I'll just wait, and because I'm sure it'll be like a PlayStation Plus you get game a second or platinum game. trophy. There are also some uh, problems. I didn't even too. get a. I didn't even get a first platinum. Well, this trophy. is your opportunity. You have until October thirty first to play it along with us. Get your first platinum trophy in it, Steven. Come on, dude. Dude, I don't platinum games. I, oh I, my god, I, bro, I got kids. It's not. Worth That's it. it for episode one eighty of Respawn Aim Fire. Everyone, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Steven. Goodbye. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I got kids. I mean that that changes. The whole thing. I got. I got time to platinum well, video games. No, kids are helpful. You do the fun trophies and then hand the controller off for the monotonous walk. Ten thousand. That's what my parents trophies. used to do with Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> They'd be like, "All right, we're gonna play the levels, and then as soon as we're out of lives, we'll give you the controller. We'll go outside and smoke, and then you can just get lives for us in the first level over and over and over. Then we'll come back, take the controller, and we'll keep playing the game." <laughs> <laughs> That's like asking my little brother to grind EXP in Final Fantasy VI back in the day. Yeah. Yep. He. Yeah, the difference is that was his favorite part of the game. He absolutely <laughs> loved just doing the fights over and over again. Uh, but anyway, so okay? I'm so excited that you're playing Horizon. I can't wait to hear what you think of it because I love that video game. I'm excited to get, get into it and really give it a solid chance. How far are you? Oh, I'm still very early on. I played like two hours. Cool, cool. Actually, you, two hours. the first time you tried hour. to play it, you got to... What, what's the name of the competition in the beginning of the game? No, I think I made it past. Oh. I was like six hours in the first time. Yeah, you got past that, that, like, that inciting incident in the beginning. Yeah. And actually, I'm not even that far into it. I'll tell you why, because I'm still a kid right now. I'm still, oh, I'm yeah. still very early on into it. Also, oh, yeah. I feel like it skips. Like, I made sure to do new game, because like, I don't want to start off where I left off before. I want to know the story and how it starts off. And it jumped right to the scene where Aloy... Um, goes to like hand this something to this kid and the kid's mom turns her away and is like no she's an outcast and yeah, i remember I something happened before that was that the first scene yeah i think that's the first scene oh okay all right it felt kind of like i felt like something happened beforehand but it starts very abruptly like that's the one thing that i will say about the beginning of that game is they really just get it going as you know as far as telling you about like who she is and what her you know, mm-hmm. they want to get you there without giving you all the background because obviously the background yeah. stuff is important and it develops. And man, you you have some stuff to learn, sir. Mm-hmm. I will not spoil it. Well, there was a lot of exposition at the beginning. There is, there is, but there are also robot dinosaurs that you get to kill with a with a bow, and that's cool. <laughs> you get to fucking blast a giant gun off of a T-Rex dinosaur and then shoot its own head with its own gun you blast it off. It's so great. These are it's true. So great. These are true facts. Um, I'm glad you're playing that, Holden. Um, I played a couple of things. We already talked about Super Mario 3D All-Stars, although I will say I've moved on to Super Mario Sunshine and um, I'm, I'm having a good little ditty. I've never played that game before, but I'm having a good time with it. I probably won't devote a ton of time to it like and marathon it, but it's going to be something I return to pretty frequently marvel's avengers everyone 
this game. I love it. I love it so much. Is this the, is this the part where I get to say I was right? This is the part where you get to say you were right, and I deep down was right, and I was showing on the outside that I was right, but I was also concerned that it was going to be very bad. <laughs> but you were right, Stephen. Yeah. I had a feeling. I just had a feeling that there was just something missing in the way they were explaining this game to us. And the thing that was missing was an adequate marketing campaign. Yeah. Like, this was just... Now, and I've, I've actually spoken to some folks that have firsthand knowledge of the, the way that the marketing was kind of done. And a lot of that came from upstairs. And so they, they just they, – they had the beats that they could share and the way they could describe it. And it, they, they would have done it differently had they been given the opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> don't worry. I don't have COVID. Um, and – just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, and so they – that's that's the tweet. They, they just didn't market this game correctly. They didn't tell us what we were getting. Had they told us that this was two games, that you are getting two video games for the price of one, and that one of them is a compelling Marvel story featuring Ms. Marvel and guest starring a whole bunch of Avengers and – an MMO featuring the Avengers and an ever-growing cast of free characters that we will include every X number of months for a handful of years. Uh, how could you possibly say that was bad? Yep. Like, unless you hate Avengers, which fine, but like that's it. And that's what we got. We got an amazing single-player story game that you can do drop-in, drop-out, co-op, but whatever. You can play through that fully single-player and do the thing. And then when you're done, you just run around as the Hulk and, like, punch robots with your friends. What? what, what? Or you minimize Taskmaster with pin particles, and then you watch Matt as Hulk just pick him up and throw him off a building. So fucking good. It's so good. Yeah. I yeah. am... Um, I'm maining Black Widow right now, and I've decided we've all been playing together, and we played like five hours last night till like two in the morning, and we did the same thing a couple days ago, and it's starting to slowly kill me. But we, I've gotten my Black Widow up to maximum character level of 50, and I'm up to power level 143. And from here, it's basically a grind of just trying to get upgrade modules so I can get my gear higher and higher and higher. I've got all sure. the gear that I'm going to have, but I just have to now get the materials to make it higher. Once I get to 150, and I think this is pretty much our whole squad's consensus, we are the Avengers boys with an I. That's our squad. Mm. Of um, course you are. Yeah, it's great. Once we get to 150, it, the end game right now is repetitive enough, especially when it comes to environments, but also when it comes to enemy types, that we're just like, cool, we're going to get to 150, we're going to put it on pause, the next character pack that comes out, we're all going to jump back in. Hopefully there'll be a couple of new types of missions, new things. So it's one of those things that we're going to we're going to finish up right now and return to several times in the future for sure. I think that is the absolute perfect way to consume this game. Yep. This is an MMO where it, it feels to me like an MMO. And I don't know if either of you guys have a lot of experience with that genre, but the I finished the story stuff and then I have the grind to punch my characters up to some power cap, right? Like I increase my player power that is a standard MMO game loop. And it is the grind, once you complete the story stuff, is repetitive 
and it's doing the same things over and over again. You're fighting the same enemies. Uh, I like that's just it's an MMO. But what I really like about it is that you get to the cap and then outside of some cosmetics or whatever, like you're done and there's no requirement to continue. Right. So they're going to give you more story stuff in a couple of months. And, you know, right, because we're going to get the Hawkeye stuff. We're going to get some new characters and a new and then you're going to again, you're going to have some story stuff to push through and then a new character to get to the level cap. If that's something that you want to do, if that's a character you're going to play and then you stop. And so I suspect that we're just going to have that happen every handful of months for what it seems like a couple of years. If the leaks are anything to be believed, yeah, which I think they sound reasonable, but even if we ignored the leaks, like there are obvious Avengers Right. Like you're making an Avengers game like there's certain people that you have to include. So we just go like it just sounds like the perfect, you know, you basically get a certain number of mini expansions. Yep. Soups excite. So that's my that's my Marvel Avengers. I'm I'm uh, V V into it. Soups excite. But then the last thing that I wanted to throw out there is I started thinking about, you know, PlayStation 5 is about six or seven weeks away right now. And I was like, what do I have to do before the PS5 gets here and Godfall and Demon Souls and all of these games, Miles Morales, all of these games kind of take over my life. What do I have to finish on PlayStation 4 and close the door on? And one of them was Bioshock Infinite. And I finally got that platinum trophy. I was like halfway through. Uh, you have to play it on the hardest difficulty while also not buying ammo or health packs or anything like that. So I finished that literally right before we started chatting. Got that platinum trophy. Nice. It's Why? so good. Why? Why? Because that like, game, so, that game series is happy. my favorite game series of all time. The story just is so good, especially when you play Burial at Sea and it ties all three games together. And it just no, it's not true. Makes, it makes me it so cream. Much worse. <laughs> makes me cream. Uh, so I had to pay my respects. I hit F by getting a platinum trophy. And now I have sure. all three Bioshocks platinumed. So boom you know but, what holden's right as long as it makes you happy go ahead but that's right you are, <laughs> nothing makes you holden are, happy so like i don't even listen to anything damn says. crazy man <laughs> but this actually this got crazy. me thinking this is i'm submitting a subscriber interrogative what do you want to do finish what's in your backlog that you want to try to get done before the launch of the new consoles mine was bioshock infinite and I also uh, have a couple of other things, but I'd love to hear from you first if you have anything in mind. Um, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is one of them, but that's kind of being taken care of. Yeah. Um, I want to beat Ghost of Tsushima, but I kind of feel like, here's the thing about Ghost of Tsushima, the game is really fucking gorgeous, and PS5 is an upgrade for me in the sense that's also a PS4 Pro. In terms of those games are going to be the PS4 Pro versions of them. So it's kind of like, do I want to finish those games on PS4? Or do I want to actually experience these games as, you know, in, in the best possible way? And there's going to be some lulls in the next gen in the first year. And why not fill those lulls with some games I didn't finish? Are well, I'm assuming there are going to be some lulls. We know Horizon we'll and we know God of War. And we know all these different games are coming out in 2021. I don't know if I'm going to play Horizon. You're an idiot. Point of, <laughs> point of, I don't know that yet. Point of, point of clarification. We know they told us all of these games. Are That's true. Yes. Yeah. I, if you told me that you came from the future and that God of War was, deli- was delayed into 
2022, like April, say, like exactly what happened with the first game, I would not think you were crazy for that specific reason. Like I may have other concerns, but like that's not the evidence that I would use. I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to just take all the PlayStation 4 games that you thought you were going to play and just punt them to next gen. I did the exact same thing with Ghost of Tsushima. Remember, I can only play so many grown-up games, quote-unquote, within a given year. Yeah. And this year, my grown-up game was already going to be Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I want to dual-wield shields and kill dudes. So, (laughs) uh, I I mean, my choice was already kind of made. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, dual-wielding shields and killing dudes as that Viking lady gonna be great so good if i get around to it there are just so many other things coming out that same week i'm really excited about godfall too i keep forgetting about that one godfall is like it's so dumb but that is a me game like oh i'm it's 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 embarrassingly bad because one of the reasons i play world of warcraft is i love armor sets and i'm like so you mean to tell me a game with the core mechanic is collecting armor sets and beating people up with them and it's the next gen glorious goodness yeah, i don't know it's gearbox. it's gearbox who, who really knows <laughs> well yeah but Borderlands like, is not a great looking game but the, so far this game looks like it's really fucking it does good look looking. it does look yeah. really great i think a lot of people are giving a hard time for no reason because they, they're like i don't know what it's going to be and i'm like no this is going to be a lutathon where i'm going to punch some dudes with a pole arm and block things with a shield and it's going to be great, be great. Yep. can't wait for godfall i don't know is that going to be rated m though like I, don't know. I assume I so. Like, it looks like a T. It looks like a T game. To That's me. the thing. Blood. Because you're fighting like aliens and like bears and stuff. I haven't seen any blood in any of the trailers. I've gotten pretty good over the last seven years of spotting which game. Like I see blood in places you would never expect it <laughs> because it's just like oh oh that's not rated t because i mean that obviously that determines whether or not i can cover it for the site and so and thus whether i can justify purchasing it and so uh it's like oh there's the blood that's why i'm so worried about final fantasy 16 oh yeah not because of the dark themes because obviously final fantasy games are always pretty dark but like i saw that blood on that kid's face and i went oh yeah that was a decision, and admittedly, whatever. I'm still going to play it. It's Final Fantasy, but like, it, it was an <laughs> interesting like the, choice. It's like the f bombs in PG-13 movies. Like, you get one. It's like you can be rated T. <laughs> you have one blood splatter across a child's face, but you only get, one. You get eight ounces of blood. You can scatter it as thinly as you want, or you can concentrate <laughs> it on one kid's face. You get eight ounces. <laughs> kind of. You know what? What? It's more. What's really interesting is the amount of language in Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't know. Yeah. If I have, like, Barrett I especially. was in the uh, Podcast Beyond Facebook group, and I, you know, they were talking about it, and I just made an offhand comment about, like, how I'm just surprised the ESRB got the rating wrong. And some dude <laughs> rolled at me hard about how, <laughs> no, that game could be rated E for everyone. There's, you know, there's no, there's not, there's no blood or anything like that. And I was like, bro, have you listened to that game? Like, not even that, you, but, like, their headquarters is a bar. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Or have you, uh, like, have you, do you play it on mute with no subtitles? Like, (laughs) do you never have Barrett in your party? And not to mention the, the, the more than implied sexual violence scene. Like, come on, guys. Like, it's rated T. It earns that. But, like, man, it probably should be a little M. Yeah. Anyway. Lowercase M. Lowercase M. Lowercase M. Very capital T. Like, (laughs) like. 
blood dripping off of it. <laughs> um, I to wrap that subscriber interrogative up. I think my last thing that I'm that I'm going to do before the new console launches is um, the Last of Us Part Two. I got to get that platy. Gonna get that platinum trophy. So you just think, don't you want to play it on PS5 and see if they're gonna do like a PS5? Okay. Like so I just version? also saw Neil Druckmann said today that. PlayStation or that Last of Us Part Two multiplayer is going to be worth the wait. I was like, well, there's another excuse for me to return to it on PS5. All right, cool. There you go. So we're going to move on to the next part of our show, which is the quest log, starting with the fetch quests. Before we get there, Holden, I'm entrusting you, you this ad read because <gasps> I'm sure this is an ad read for you. I need to deal with my children for a moment, so I'm just gonna you do that. I'll be this right is now. great, Stephen. Deal with your children, Holden. I have to pee. Will you just move the ad read up I and do that while I pee? <laughs> Everyone shut up. We're going on hold for a second. We're going to pee. We'll come back in like 45 seconds. Bye. Welcome back from our pee break, everybody. Um, well, <laughs> oh, perfect. Everyone got back at the same time. Uh, Steven, for the record, we took a, a quick pee break. Just a little, little drizzle because we were about to die. I noticed. I noticed. And I took advantage. So Perfect. Um, two things before we move on to our quest log. One, Dallas says in the chat that we are not the Avengers boys, we are the Raffengers. If that is so, make it the name of our text chat. Two, for our fetch quest, the very first one, there's a new CGI movie, Resident Evil Infinite. I just got that in my eye. <laughs> There's a new movie. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness <laughs> coming to Netflix in 2021 from Chris Moyes at Destructoid. The Portuguese Netflix Twitter account accidentally released the trailer early, but now it's confirmed it's happening. It's a real thing. Great! Did you ever watch any of the other CGI Netflix? I'm sorry, not Netflix. CGI Resident Evil movies? I didn't. No. Are they good? No. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> That's all I got for you, bro. No, yep. the Resident good. Evil Village <laughs> might come to PS4, Xbox One, too. Says Leanne Agosa at Dual Shockers. Boom! I fucking nailed that name right there. Uh, this is something I that was. I. What? It's an I. Oh, I. I N. This was I did that during I'm the Capcom TGS presentation. Thank you, Holden. You, you thank you, Spaghetti. Um. So this is another, just another wrinkle where Xbox says, hey, you know what? Next gen's not going to hold us back. I mean, previous gen's not going to hold us back. And then PlayStation's like, fools. And then PlayStation's like, you know what? Previous gen's not going to hold us back. And then Capcom's like, fools. Now Capcom's like, we want some of that 120 million install base, please. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yep. So the first thing I looked for when I saw the story was, did Aesthetic Gamer release this information? Because he's been the head of all of the rumors. This is Leaky Leaky Cocoa Puff guy, right? The guy who's doing all the leaks. Yeah, and he's nailed them too. He nailed the name of it. He nailed the theme. He nailed werewolves. He nailed everything. Um, but this was said by Capcom in their event. Like we're, They said they were hinting at it. The reporting doesn't say what the term was that suggested. They didn't say what the suggestive thing was Ooh. pointing to it being uh, PS4 or Xbox One. But I want to bring this up. Aesthetic Gamer, months and months and months and months ago, like, I want to say back in, like, summer last year, actually. Um, no, summer of this year, I mean. Um, that Resident Evil Village 
was going to be on the current gen consoles, but they couldn't do the things they wanted to do. So they decided to make it next gen only. And then a few weeks ago, we had a rumor from Aesthetic Gamer as well saying that the performance in PS5 hasn't been as strong as the PC and Xbox Series X versions of the game. So I personally have a hard time believing, considering how accurate he's been, and the fact that he's already talked directly about this, that this is going to be feasible. Doesn't mean Capcom won't try, but we'll see. What if, I, just, I was very surprised to see this. What if they do like they did with Resident Evil 7 and make it a streaming-only game, just like they did on Switch in Japan? Which was a stupid fucking thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I spaghetti am standing by that. That was a stupid <laughs> thing to do. I don't know. So they just said that they they might bring it to them. So they're just kind of exploring, see if that's a possibility as they as they recognize that they're one of now the only next gen exclusive games. Yeah. All right, Stephen. Final Fantasy 16 has reportedly been in development for four years. Says. Merdad Kayat at Dual Shockers. This comes from sure. Jason Schreier's Triple Click podcast. Uh, this might be closer than we think. I know you're super stoked for 16. Do you think yeah. it's coming soon? If that's true, that it's been in development for four years, then that means it's probably six years closer to release than <laughs> Final Fantasy 15. Look, all jokes aside, this is the best news we possibly could have heard, right? Yeah. Uh, Square Enix knows. They straight up know that they have to release video games more frequently, especially video games in the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts variety. Largely because they don't sell Skyrim numbers, right? Like if you knew that you could put a decade into a game and it was going to sell like freaking Skyrim and sell 30 million copies or like, you know, freaking Rockstar putting out a Gran Turismo every other generation knowing that it's going to be that great then yeah okay but they sell like regular ass video games now Final Fantasy does not rule the world like it used to and so they need to, they needed to they had an imperative to fix their project management process which was obviously broken because <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 was not a video game that took 10 years to make Right. I mean, and I, I love that game. I love those boys. I love the memes, whatever. That game did not take 10 years to make that. That was a regular ass video game. 10 years should create a masterpiece. Right. Just a regular ass video game. So my hope is that they learned from those mistakes, which I can't imagine that they wouldn't. But mm -hmm. whatever, I hope. And that they would then translate that into 16. If it's been four years in development then that game could come they could come out and announce it for 2022. I mean, we don't really know. We do know from the press release, they said that the next time they're going to say anything about this game at all is in 2021. So I would presume sometime either TGS, whatever E3 turns into, sometime next summer. I can't imagine they would tell us any sooner. So and they said to enjoy speculating between now and then. And it's I have... It's not a great model, to, like a marketing model, to announce your game and then not have it come out for eight years. Like a it's just percent. not a, it's not yeah. a good model. I remember reading about Final Fantasy Thirteen Versus, which was announced alongside Final Fantasy Thirteen back in like Game Informer in two thousand eight or something like that. I don't know the exact year, but like it was in that time frame. And the fact that it just 
let, let's up the number. It's not 13 anymore. Forget that versus bullshit. This is just Final Fantasy 15 now, and it's going to release almost a decade after we announce it. It's just not sustainable. They want people to see Final Fantasy 16 and go, ooh, that looks great, and then not have it fade into memory and considered to be vaporware. Especially nowadays when I feel like the gaming landscape is getting more competitive with even more huge giant games out there. And your point on RPGs, CD Projekt Red, that's I think is probably the premier RPG maker right now just because of The Witcher 3 and its reputation. Bethesda is kind of slipping a little bit. Um, in that regard, but who knows, the Microsoft stuff might help out, but yeah, you're right, Square is not in that space anymore, they can't bank on eight years of hype, it's just not going to exist Yeah, not to mention also, we have to keep in mind that they eat their own lunch with Dragon Quest so Mm -hmm. like, they so, yeah, they they needed to change things The fact when I heard that that game was in development for four years, when I saw that tweet I audibly cheered, because that's four years I don't have to wait because I already waited it and didn't know <laughs> yeah. I did, right? Like, it's because, you know, so I cannot wait for this game. Whether I get to cover it on my site or whether I come on here to shout about it, like, that's a different story. And we'll find that out later. But I am, yeah, that that was the best possible news. It also means that maybe they're getting smarter about things, you know? Like, because if old ass Square Enix would have been like, oh, well, you know, we won't work, you know, we'll wait after, you know, because if it's been in, being worked on for four years, that means they started development on it right after 15 came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping I am hopeful. This is giving me reason to be cautiously optimistic. And I'm, I was hyped no matter what. But now I, I don't have to be like impotently hyped <laughs> i think you guys are right that like they they know it they know they have to come out with more and i think the thing that points to it probably becoming um a, a more streamlined game as far as the release process i think is the couple years ago when they announced hey remember the thirty-five thousand pieces of dlc that were coming to final fantasy 15 most of those are canceled now they probably saw oh 16 is turning into something really cool let's divert our resources into that and let's make sure this comes out in a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it could be right around the corner. You know, it's not Speaking right around the corner. Around the Among corner. Us 2 <laughs> got canceled. But that doesn't mean that it's going away. Uh, new content is headed to Among Us 1, says Jordan Alleman at IGN. Uh, so due to the crazy explosion of success that that game has had, uh, they've decided to take all the features they were going to take from Among Us 2, and they're now putting them into the original game. However, that's going to take a little bit of time and engineering know-how because they have to... The the original game was not created with the idea of adding all these things in mind. So they've got to go back and and rework some stuff in their code base. But that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, the analysts out there in the world are expecting PS5 and Xbox Series to sell 1.5 million each in North America this year, says Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. This is curious, because the numbers from PS4 launch and Xbox launch is that they both basically sold a million on the first day, and then like 2.5 million in that whole quarter. And PlayStation has already said, we have more to sell this year than we did PlayStation 4s at launch. So if they're only going to sell 1.5 million each, that's it's curious. It's also less than what PS4 and Xbox One did in their first calendar year, at least, meaning like ending at December 31st. Right. Like it just that seems like a really odd prediction. He's predicting they're going to do worse. But in the article, the guy says, "No, no, no. It's gonna the the um 
the supply won't meet the demand. So there'll be more demand for these consoles, but this is all it's going to sell. And I'm like, where are you getting your numbers from? Because <laughs> yeah. this just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I listened, I read a tweet from Matt Piscatella from NPD Group, who, if you don't follow him, you absolutely should, because he's pretty level-headed. He is very concerned about how anyone would be doing sales predictions right now and sales projections. And part of that is because these consoles are coming out during a global pandemic, which is causing a significant economic challenge for a lot of folks. It is a depress so it and they are also coming out a week after the United States election, which comes with the potential to also cause a significant period of transition, change, you know, like or further depression. Like it, it could add some issues. With that said. The other the other side of that is the government could provide, you know, significant stimulus within that period of time unpredictably. And that could change it, because obviously, if all of a sudden everyone has an extra, you know, eight grand in their pocket or something crazy, then why wouldn't you buy a PlayStation? So there are the range of outcomes. And this is like a you know, like the range of outcomes is so great. Because we could either be in an even worse depression than we are now, or there could be a sudden burst of everyone having an opportunity to, to do something. And there's no way to really tell. Yeah. So I, I believe this guy's projections. I, I, I don't, but I believe the other guys where they're like, no, they'll, you know, they could sell zero. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know who to believe because I think everybody's got a kind of a good point. There, just the range of outcomes is so great. You're right. In a normal year, they're gonna sell every single one of those things, and I think that it is still possible that that is the case here. But man, I don't know because it's these are expensive I, machines. I don't think that it's is gonna hurt. I, I the pandemic is concerning, absolutely. I don't think it's gonna impact video games. However, we've already seen record numbers for video games this year even with the pandemic going on in terms of game sales even hardware sales the switch cannot stay in stock to save yeah. its life and this is its third year in the switch um, is and, 300 bucks though that's so the only xbox series, series s. s yeah and you're right but but that's not the entire projection for both consoles it's mm -hmm. again this is I, i'm not saying anybody's wrong i'm saying that because of the wide range of the potential range of outcomes yeah i i I, I don't know. I don't think anybody's crazy. No, I, th I think it's still going to be a huge success. It's still thing you're not going to be able to see him anywhere. Uh, Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan have both come out and said that in times of economic recessions, the video game industry still does really well because people are stuck at home, especially with quarantine, that kind of stuff. The people who can afford an Xbox, PS or Xbox or PS5, they're, they're going to be even more eager to, to get it. And another thing to keep in mind is like, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of people who are hitting economic issues that they can't afford the console. Of course, I still think there's going to be a few million people in America alone that are in a position they can still get this console. Man, I sure hope so. Right. Like that's yeah. that, oh, the yeah. other thing is I want to add in my own personal optimism. Like, yeah, I if, if somebody came again, somebody came from the future and said, listen, they they said they only sell a million million and a half each in the first year. I'm not going to be like, oh, wow. You know, like 
I get it. And but I, I want them to sell out. I want these things to be nuts. I want everybody to be excited. I just would not be surprised if they don't. But you're mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, they're gonna every every PS5 and Xbox that hits these shores will very likely move. You're you're probably right. I just but even a it's million and a half for each is a success. It's uncertain yeah. times. Yeah. Man, that's a meme, right? Like it's such an overused <laughs> phrase. Like but we have so never <laughs> especially living, you know, staring at October of twenty twenty. Like I have never seen a more uncertain time, you know, mm-hmm. October, November. Yeah. I'm terrified of November right now, but we don't I, have to get I, into that because this yeah. is not a political. <laughs> um, I'm terrified of no, but that's the thing is I'm terrified of November as an, an adult that lives in the United States. I'm terrified. However, October is very uncertain. But I think I, I think it's I feel weirder about I'm like I'm scared of November. I am weird about October. And and part of that is just because I every day from now until the end, something crazy could happen more so than the rest of this year. Right. Because now we've got debates and all sorts of like just all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm it's just it's wild. It's super wild. I can't wait until 15 years from now. You guys hit me up on Twitter and you're like, yo, did you see this history book written about 2020? (laughs) I cannot wait to read a history book about it. I just want to be done. I just want to be done. I agree. Yeah. October is already a spooky month for sure. So I I definitely get the fear going into these two months. Lots of spiders. Also, I turned 40. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm optimistic. I, I think if pre-orders are any indication of the demand and the thirst for these consoles, I think like if they can get them to us, we will buy them. I also, interestingly enough, like if you think about seven years ago, like people, older people with dispensable income are now the people who are who were playing video games. And their parents were buying them twenty years ago, and we're just like we're maturing more as a population of video gamers. So I feel like this launch was even more primed than last launch to have people with disposable income buying systems at day one. The next one, of course, will be even more primed as people just grow up with these as part of their lifestyle. I mean, there's, more, there's more gamers. There's more yeah. gamers than there have ever been. And they're older. I, I, and they're older. I get, listen, I get it. I get it. I just am not willing. I'm not going to rubber stamp anything or call anybody crazy because this yeah. the, everything is 2020 is yeah. bananas. And so listen, smart people figuring their stuff out. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Speaking of bananas, end eventually. the Game Awards statue kind of looks like a banana if you squint in your eyes and you're colorblind. The Game Awards are set for December 10th, says GamesIndustry.biz, and Lord, I hope they are paying whoever makes the press announcements for PS5. Like whoever organizes their showcases, I hope they're doing the Game Awards too. Because, uh, again... They, I know we're going to get podcasts, but can, they, can they... Blah, I can't talk. Can they get the people who do the Apple events, because those have been unbelievably great. I'm sure those Apple events are Apple internal, so probably Oh, not. I know, but they need, to, like, <laughs> they need to swoop those people up and, and make them do the Game Awards. They're the best events, hands down. Yeah, those are year. amazing. They're very, ta- very, very talented people. Next up, Quantum no, Error. Sure will... Jeff... What? what was that, Steven? Pretty sure this is just, the Game Awards is just Jeff Keighley. It's just it's, it's the Game Awards is Jeff Keeley sitting in his office with a, with a dual sense controller going like the vibrations are incredible. I really feel like <laughs> part of the game. 
It's just gonna be him attempting to do the Apple one, where he's just gonna like him in his bathroom, and he's gonna be like, "Let's go over and talk <laughs> to other Jeff about PlayStation Five. And then he does like the hand transition, and then the hand comes away. I'm in my kitchen. I'm a different Jeff. That's exactly what it's gonna be. I want that so badly. <laughs> uh, Quantum <laughs> Error, the spoopy game that kind of reminds me of Fear a little bit, um, will now release on the Xbox Series X as well, says Armenicon from PlayStation Lifestyle. It used to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive and coming to PC, and now it looks like it is jumping over to Series X as well. Great. PS5 is doomed. They won't survive without this. Oh, They're my doomed. God. They're, They're losing all their exclusives. Oh, God. Somebody throw up. Demon Souls is next. Demon Souls is going to Xbox now. Mark my word. <laughs> it's true. I'm I'm marking it. Hold on. What's the timestamp? Okay, great. <laughs> and then finally, for our fetch quest, Nintendo accidentally announces a new Kirby game. It says Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. Uh, it's Kirby Fighters 2. It was announced on a web page, I think, about like games to enjoy as a family, and it lists Kirby Fighters 2 on it. And uh, it basically looks like it was not my Smash website for Kirby. It was not engaged family gaming. No, it was a legit Nintendo website. <laughs> um, great. I mean, I guess that's really the best way to do it is accidentally announce it because no one's going to care about it anyway. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> hold on. I have been asked to purchase that game. Oh, you have. Do they so know Smash Bros times. exists and Kirby can suck up any of seventy-five different characters on that? <laughs> <laughs> yes but this is it but this is this is a game that was on uh, 3ds oh that's why i've never like, heard there was it. a version of this on 3ds it was part of it was part of the triple pack that was kirby's triple deluxe and they loved that now so far i have resisted because i mean it's only 20 bucks but like i just i just don't wanna right now <laughs> but because i i because i also suspect that they'll play it for a couple hours and be like, you want to play smash? <laughs> but uh, it, it does. It makes perfect sense that they would move this to, that they would essentially port this to switch. Yeah. It, it's fine. It's a different, it is a different game plays because this is a traditional fighting game. You're trying to knock your opponents down to health as opposed to smash where you're trying to smash them off the stage. It's cool. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. Sounds like you're really enthusiastic about it. <laughs> Fine. Listen, there's there's so many other things to be like, in, in, oh my god, hype right. or not about like a Kirby fighting game. Like it's fine. I want that testimonial in the box. Dot dot dot. It's, it's fine, fine. Comma. It's fine. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> like whatevs. It's and okay. then just like you like a like a a tap to play button that you and you just hear Steven just go like. <sighs> And that's it. <laughs> that's it. With that said, that is going to be some some nine year olds game of the year. Like, yep. that's the thing with the, the thing with what Nintendo does, especially with a lot of these smaller games. They probably figured out while they were all working from home, hating everything, that they could just, you know, kind of crap that one out, <laughs> and it's going to sell a bunch. You know, I mean, it's certainly going to make money, and. There's going to be like a bunch of eight-year-olds that where that's going to be the the hypest stuff. Because remember, it's only twenty bucks. So yeah, we'll talk about game prices later. But like that matters. Game, you know, game. So a twenty-dollar price point for a, a Kirby fighting game. Yeah. And there also are a lot of kids that have no idea that Smash exists. I know that's hard to believe, but there are kids that don't know. Smash is also T for Teen, right? It is. 
Yeah, there you go. Brand new audience. Because there's, little baby kids. Because there's people Why? Because there's people Really? In. That's, that's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> well, also, fit tra- is we fit trainer a person? Is Snake a person? Uh, Link's a person. <laughs> Link is not a person. He's an elf. This is true. Uh, as a, uh, they as call him a Fairy LARP. Boy. Well, as a as a LARPer, I will tell you, elves are people too. Okay. <laughs> and Mario, is an Italian plumber. It's so, true. Plumbers are not people. As a result of Odyssey, that he's not a person because oh, they, really? they have people and they're not. The oh same yeah, size. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's true. I thought I all know. body shapes matter. Are we are we body shaming here? <laughs> Moving on to the Microsoft Quest log. <laughs> The official Xbox Series X and S one terabyte expandable storage drive costs two hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents U.S. currency. Says Jordan Alleman at IGN. This is the expansion to give your Xbox more storage, on which you can put next generation games, take advantage of the velocity architecture, zero load times, all of those wonderful benefits. Um, some games specifically have to use this, whereas some games, older games can use um, the external storage. It is $220. It is the only available option, similar to like the Sony Memory Stick Pro Duo from the PSP days. It is the only option you have to expand the storage outside of the hard drive storage, external hard drive storage you can get for slower games. Um, what are your thoughts on this price point? I, right off the bat, I can say... It's crazy that the One S comes with a half a terabyte of storage, and that for the almost the same price of the console, you can add storage. Like half a terabyte of next gen size games does not sound like enough, and you're gonna have to buy something else. And to have to pay the almost the whole system's price again to get more storage is insane. But I also get why it costs that much. I think that kind of sums it up really well. Like that is a lot of money, but it is new tech. And that Series S does not actually cost them $300 to make. It costs them way more than that. Yeah. And they can't lose money on these proprietary drives as well. They, they just don't think that that's a possibility. Um, it's going to come down. And considering the tech, I'm actually surprised it's this low. I thought it was going to be more. Um, an internal SSD NVMe um, with the um, PCIe 4.0 M. Or whatever, like the you're just saying a lot of are. letters now. Uh, they are a lot of letters, but they do mean something. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, if you're on Newegg and you're looking for an internal one, because there are no external options, it's like 180 on the low end, and then it kind of goes up from there. Some are like 250 range. So the fact they're able to do this and bring it down, it's a good it, for the technology. It is a good deal, but I think you nailed it. Is that like you? Are, that is more than two thirds the price of a Series S. Um, and I think Steven, you tweeted something that I think is the ultimate solution to all of this. Delete your freaking games, people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the solution. This is the storage solution that costs almost nothing, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is a cool piece of tech. And the reality is I can't say that would definitively that I won't get one of these eventually, but, um, that Assassin's Creed game that came out three years ago, if you haven't finished it. You're not going to finish it. Or if you are, you can reshuffle things and re-download it later. Don't delete your save files. I'm not crazy. Leave your save files on there. But 
you know, like if you haven't played that game that you downloaded on PlayStation Plus like a billion years ago, delete it. Maybe make a note of it in a little spreadsheet for yourself. Keep track of what you have. That's fine. But the reality is old game is old. Old game is old. We are video games are all about the cult of the new. We're always in for the the we're always in for the new conversation. Now, some of us, Chad, for example, like the platinum games. Once yeah. that game is platinum, you're done with it, right? For the most part. You're, you, yep. I mean, do you often go back to games that you have platinumed? Nope. So delete them. You're done. You don't need that anymore. And for for me, I have learned, and, and everybody's going to know their own style. And if you happen to be the kind of person that bounces back and forth between a dozen different video games, first off, get a job. But, um, you know, but like, if that's you then yeah, you're probably going to need this extra thing, but you, you know, and I'm sorry, but for everybody else, I know that if I'm done with a game, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not going to do it again. And so I feel perfectly comfortable just piecing out with these games. You know what I mean? And I think a lot more people need to kind of recognize themselves. Like self-awareness is important, you know, as a, you know, in life and, I, you know, you go into discussion forums like you know, on Facebook or on Twitter and you see like the number of people like freaking out about the size of these hard drives. It's like, bro, come on. <laughs> you ain't playing half of those games. You're just not. Mm-hmm. To play devil's advocate, there are so many scenarios that have come up for me in the last year where um, I have to keep multiple very large games on my console at all times. Like, for instance, Warzone which is 100 gigabytes, and Destiny 2, which is 120 gigabytes. And at any given time, my friends will be like, hey, you want to go run? Like, Festival of the Lost for Halloween is coming out in Destiny 2 next week. And like, of course we're going to jump on and go get all those cool costumes. But also on any given day of the week, Dallas is going to be like, anyone want to bone? Like, fucking yeah, let's go get Warzone. Let's bone in Warzone. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, boning is is our keyword for we're going to play Warzone. Um so, like, having those is already half of the hard drive. Because, of course. Because, of course. It just makes sense. It all started with a typo, and then now it's the thing. And then now add in Avengers to that. That's another however many gigs that game is. And it's it very quickly adds up to the point where these games can't update anymore because your storage is out, or you can't download something new. But You also are like, God, i got to delete one of these things, but I know I'm going to play it again next week. So, like, for those very few games that are just constantly on rotation for me... I need something else, which is why I have a larger hard drive and I'm paying more money. That's it. Then, then go ahead. I, 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 and I understand that completely. I really do. And for, for the folks that are playing multiple like games as a service, and it really that sounds like that's where you're at, right? You play multiple yeah. games as a service. If you're playing Warzone and Fortnite and Destiny, and, more power to you because that means you got that time then yeah, you need something. But your average gamer is not doing that, I don't believe, right? Like, I think a lot of people budget their time and people want to yell at me in the chat or come at me on Twitter, that's fine. But I would absolutely guess that the majority of gamers, especially considering the amount of shit I hear people talking about Warzone and Fortnite not being a real video game, which, spoilers, (laughs) Fortnite is an objectively good video game, not let alone real. Um... The like, that's just just nonsense. But whatever. That's another episode. But, you know, for everybody else, it's like you got your one or two service games and then you got your whatever you're playing at the moment. And 
I think more people need to recognize when they are straight up done with a game. Yeah. And that will save them however much this hard drive is. I think the the S is a bit of a different story because the the S is very small, right? You know, you know 500 like a 500 gig hard drive for that is very small. And after the OS it's going to be like 400. Yeah, so that one I can understand you may need to expand it. That is one of the reasons why I really like I know a lot of folks are like, "Hey, I'm going to grab that S and that's what I that's what I'm going to live with." I I pre-ordered the X even though I don't necessarily need that kind of hardware power. You know, I I swore to myself in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to get the S and I'm going to get a PS5 and everything's going to be fine." When all was said and done, I was like, "No, I have to get the X because, you know, I need that, you know, I want the bigger hard drive." The S concerned me because I was like, even for that, you know, there's a bunch of people in this house. And so I know my games, but my kids play Fortnite, you know, eventually they've been asking me about Warzone. And eventually, by the time this console dies, they'll be old enough to play, you know, and not only not only that, but, you know, Minecraft is also not small, especially when you got them ray tracing in it. So, yeah, which is my ray tracing in Minecraft is really weird to me, but like it looks really cool. at the end of the day, delete your games. Unless you're not normal, like Chad, then buy the extra space. I think the solution I, I, for S, as the Series S as well, um, a lot of that will be tied into xCloud. There's not even having to download your games at all as long as they're on Game Pass, which is, again, increasingly becoming the premier place to get games anyway. So, Holden, you were going to say something? Yeah, I've been using a 500 gigabyte PS4 for a few years now. So I've been feeling that already. Yeah, you don't play games with anymore because you need to have Red Dead Redemption 2 for two years on your hard drive for some reason. <laughs> no, I need Sekiro. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like I feel like if I have one game of service, I can only have one game of service on my console at any given time because of the updates and kind of the upkeep and all that. So I feel that and it is painful, but it's just it's a like it seems it's a, it's a, uh, a matter of deleting your content when you're not using it anymore. But I won't delete Sekiro because it's only 16 gigabytes. It doesn't take up that much space. Did you finally get rid of Red Dead? Oh, yeah. I got rid of it a while ago. I had to because of... Give up um, on that game. No, I'm not going to give up on it. I still really want to play it. That's (laughs) one I actually really am excited to play on next gen because that will have the PS4 Pro goodness in it. And and I'll be playing on TV with 4K HDR. Mm. So that game's going to be fucking gorgeous. Anyway, here's the other thing with this whole, like, pricing um, external storage stuff or expandable storage Microsoft has a solution at least right now Sony will have one eventually but it's fully reliant on when hard drives meet two factors or solid state drives one is it has the proper read write speeds which right now our hard drives are about half of what they need to be and hard drive advancements don't happen as quickly as processor uh, advances where double the speed isn't that crazy to think about um, the other factor is the heat. It has to be twice as fast and offer um, not run hot enough that they can't put it inside the PS5. So we're waiting on two important things there. And Mark Cerny says we anticipate, he said this at the Road to PS5 event, we anticipate that by the end of the year we'll start having hard drives that we can test out. I don't know where we are on that right now. Considering I was on Newegg and it was really hard to even find the hard drives that are internal that would work with a xbox series x i'm feeling like the ps5 way faster ssd might take even longer so i don't like we don't know when that's gonna happen or not 
And I feel like because of backwards compatibility, having that expendable storage right now is important. If it was just PS5 games, PS5 can only run PS5 games, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. Same with Xbox Series X. But they are heavily cross-gen in the sense that you can play your PS4 games and your PS5 games. People are going to be putting Warzone on there. They're going to be putting Destiny on there. There's already massive, huge games to put on these consoles. And at, at least Microsoft has a solution right now. I think, though, with, with backwards compatibility games specifically, like that's where you can get a hard drive. That's where you can get a solid, I mean, a regular hard disk drive mm-hmm. for Warzone and for Destiny. You, you won't be able to get the higher frame rate for Destiny, but like that's where you can get a five terabyte one of those for 120 bucks. Yeah, but who's going to want to do that when those SSDs are so much faster? But it's I mean, so for backwards better. stuff, like for PS4 generation stuff, I don't know if you're going to notice, like you're going to notice the load times for sure, but it's going to run like it would on a PS4 Pro anyway. I, I understand the allure of wanting it all on the PS5, but like save yeah. the PS5 space for games that need it for the PS5. I think the folks that are really brushing into that problem, by the way, I don't know if you saw the, the, the thing with the Xbox is if you have an Xbox One kind of powering up your, you know, filling up a hard drive. You can literally unplug it from your Xbox One and just plug it right into the Xbox Series X or S, and it will be immediately playable. Yeah. That's, that's freaking that. cool. Yep. Um, but the, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of understand where Holden's coming from. Like, you know, once you go to the, to the no load times, like, I don't know if I'd be able to go back. I think there are some games where it won't matter, but I think for the games where it won't matter, they'll be so small that they also don't matter. You know, I have a 500 gigabyte launch Xbox one and there are some games on there that even though we've had to, at this point, you know, it's been a billion years, shuffle them significantly, but there are some games that are just so small that they're never worth deleting. If that makes sense. Yep. Like Sekiro, so, 16 gigs, and it's one of the best games I've ever made. Like, that's it. Well, is yeah. that the full game, or is that just the yeah. game and not the disc? That's the full game? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. It was. Especially, like, Bloodborne is, like, 36 gigs or something like that, and Dark Souls is in that same kind of range. So 16 is really impressive. No, I agree. I, I mean, that that is impressive. When you said 16, I was like, oh, well, you know, you, you got the disc. You know, that's that's a pretty good install size. Um, but you're all digital, right? All digital. Yeah. Got my PS5 digital pre-ordered. Apparently, in the one percent of people who got that, or whatever stat came out, that it's like ninety-nine percent of consoles are disc-based. Yeah, I share too many games with my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so like especially with the grown-up games, you know, I'll go halvesies with some of my buddies, uh, and then that's how I can justify getting some extra stuff. So I, I had to get the disc drive. I did not have a choice. For time's sake, I want to move on and talk about Luna. We have a third-party quest log. Amazon announced a new cloud gaming service, Luna, says Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. Here's the rundown. You can already sign up right now to get uh, early access. Uh, You won't be able to play it yet. They're sending out emails to people as they approve them. But it is a new streaming service. You can kind of think about it similar to Stadia in the way that it functions. Uh, It's available on PC, Mac, Fire TV, and iOS which is a distinguishing factor because you're going to be able, be able to play it via Safari on your iPhone. And then also what's weird is that Android is coming at a later date. So this is an iOS first game streaming service. Uh, and here's where it gets a little hazy. It, so there's a subscription for it, 
my understanding, I'm going to describe this. And let me, you guys tell me if this is kind of what you understand as well. Luna is the platform. And you can get Luna Plus for five ninety nine. <laughs> so Luna's the platform. Five ninety nine gets you Luna Plus, which is like Netflix for games. It's a large library of games that you can play unlimited amount for five ninety nine. You could also get Ubisoft when that comes to play a bunch of Ubisoft games. And so I kind of think of like the Apple TV app on your phone is Luna, and then Apple TV Plus is Luna Plus. Like the Apple TV app itself is worthless without also paying for some kind of service to feed into it. That's what. That's my understanding of it. Holden, but you said you already disagree without hearing any of it. Oh, so I was Holden, just, what is it? I was just being facetious with you. As you said, Luna is a service. I'm like, I disagree. No way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I, I think that I'm being pretty much similar, similarly to you. Luna is the platform itself, and they didn't say this explicitly. I'm speculating, but it will kind of act as like Stadia Base, where you can buy your games full price, and you'll keep their library right on Amazon's website. But yeah. then Luna Plus will be that, you know, subscription kind of Xbox Game Pass, but with streaming. Um, yeah. Is kind of what that's going to look like. But for right now, because this is normally sign up, you're spending five ninety nine anyway, is kind of what Yeah, I think you're I think you're five ninety nine because you are trialing Luna Plus with the sign up. Yeah. Which um, will most likely go up in price. When- correct. Yeah. They said after the early access period is over, it will go up in price. Uh, and then, as they mentioned, other channels. So kind of furthering that Apple TV app thing, mm-hmm. how you can subscribe to Hulu or HBO in there, you will also now be able to subscribe to Ubisoft through the Luna platform as well. Uh, they have no mention of like what that includes or how much that will cost, but just that Ubisoft is a partner coming at a later date. Uh, it's a new platform. It is, Ubisoft is always going to be there. Of <laughs> <Always>. course. <laughs> so it is all streaming-based, of course. No downloads, uh, no waiting for updates, similar to what Stadia promised us. Currently, it's running at 1080-60. They are working on getting up to 4K soon. Um, Luna Plus will introduce the 4K as well, eventually. They also, just like Sadia, have a Luna controller that connects directly via Wi-Fi to the the servers uh, and connects to Alexa, where the Stadia controller supposedly connects to Google Assistant for anything (laughs) or something. And then similar to Google Stadia's YouTube integration promise, where you'll be able to watch a stream, hit the button, and go straight to that game and play it, Amazon saying, we're going to have similar stuff and integration with Twitch. Will you be able to watch a streamer playing a game? You click a button. You are now playing that on Luna. Um, I'm going to just really quick read this blurb about the next story, and then we'll talk about it all. So Amazon's Luna game streaming service is powered by Windows and NVIDIA GPU, says Tom Warren from The Verge. Basically saying that the technology that is streaming the games to you is running on an NVIDIA's T4 GPU uh, with around 8.1 teraflops of performance. It has ray tracing. The Verge specifically believes that the 1080p will be easy, but 4K might require some upgrades to it. To kind of uh, compare that with what's out currently, Stadia has its own Stadia servers that it uses that are pretty capable. And I think those were, uh, what did they say? There was 10 teraflops, right, for the Stadia ones? They, like 10 teraflops, yeah, right around there. And Microsoft is currently for xCloud, which is already live now, uh, is using Xbox One S, but next year they will be switching those over to Series X's uh, to be a lot more powerful than Luna and Stadia as well. And then Luna's Windows-based framework also allows developers to kind of move over Windows-based games much more easily than some of the other platforms. What are your reactions to Luna? Steven, go. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, so here's my, that was my initial reaction. And then I actually thought about it. 
I think Amazon is at least slightly in a better position to do this than Google is Mm -hmm. because Amazon already sells things, right? Like you can already buy digital video games. And I, I feel like there is, because of Amazon being Amazon, there is just a little bit more permanence to the projects that they take. Like immediately Google announced Stadia and I was like, for a year. Cool. Like, because Google has been known to like do the thing and then just get out as soon as if it doesn't like blow up. Whereas Amazon really tries longer, right? Like they're not as quick to my experience. They're not as quick to abandon it. So right there, I felt a little bit more comfortable. I don't know that I'm going to invest in this service, but. I think it, it absolutely has a better shot of success than Stadia. Now, you know, 5% is better than 1%. But, you know, I think the controller is cooler looking. Yeah. I like it has, the aesthetic. It has the, the, the three-dot well. triangle and it's purple, which is a lot cooler than Stadia's squish, squish, squish. And it's orange. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, right? It's just, I don't know. Anyway, that's my opinion. I think Holden. this is... This has a better chance. Yeah. Hold on. Thoughts, reactions, go. Yeah, I think this has a better chance as well. Um, uh, mostly because just looking at their product page and reading through their product page, they clearly have learned some lessons from Stadia. For example, they're not just saying, 4K, you can just get 4K. 4K is going to be really awesome. It's like, hey, we're at 1080p right now, 60 frames per second. This is where we like to go in the future. They're just being more direct and upfront about it. And I kind of realized something when I saw them framing 1080p that way. What a smart move just to start with 1080p because people who are going to invest in Luna don't give a shit about resolution. I'm so, I just don't think that people who are getting into game streaming and like, oh, I don't really want to buy a console because I'm not like really big into games, so I'd like to play this one game. I don't think that person's going to go, oh, but it's not 4K, never mind, I'm not going to do it. The people who care about 4K are people who are buying Series Xs, who are buying PS5s right now, like the more dedicated gamers. So it's nice to kind of see them take this, hey, this is really easy to get into. You just, you know, you, we don't, we're not worried about like the most advanced graphics. I'm assuming that means it's going to like, I'm assuming it's going to make the, the uh, latency and that kind of stuff better because it's not pushing out as big of an image or trying to push out as big of an image. Like Google's whole thing is that even if the game's not outputting at 4K, they're going to up the codecs for, um, uh, for streaming a game via YouTube. So they're kind of doing like more than they really need to be doing anyway. And and I didn't get that vibe. I kind of got this vibe from Amazon of like, hey, th- we're going to just make sure that this is functional and then we're going to release it out on a grand scale. It's it's a beta. It's an early access. It's not just releasing as a first product immediately. They have 100 games. They're going to be part of the service at launch, which is more than Stadia has right now. It's just like they just seem like they're being smarter about it. Um so I'm excited for, for that reason. And then I think the big one here is the fact that it's running off of Windows. That immediately makes it easier for developers to bring things over. I mean, I, I, I don't know what Stadia is running off of. I mean, I, there's a spec sheet. It's running off an x86 processor. Like, I get all that. But how much does a developer have to tailor their experience to Stadia like they would have to tailor their experience for a PS5 or a Series X? Um Switch not my, as included in that, but I guess you could say the same thing about Switch. This running off of Windows, it seems like you can just kind of move it over 
which is going to make it so much easier for developers. Why was Doom promised to be 4K 60 frames per second and then it suddenly wasn't? Was it because it was harder to develop for Stadia than we thought? I don't know, but it's not a hard jump to make. So I just feel like everything about this makes me go, I think this is going to be good. And I'm also not terribly surprised that Amazon's here. I think that in 30 years, the big, th- the big players very feasibly could be Microsoft, Amazon, and I know this might be a surprise, but still Google, because they are the heads of internet infrastructure globally. And if games do start moving to streaming in a serious way and it does become better, they are at the forefront. They are perfectly positioned for it. So I feel like Amazon has a really strong chance. They also have their own game studios and have had their own game studios for years. Yeah. So the likelihood of having Luna exclusive games is much higher than Stadia three months before their announcement saying, oh, I guess we better make some games. So I just feel like they're they're just being way smarter about this. And I think Studia, Stadia, Studia, Studia, Stadia was Stupia. the canary in the coal mine. Stupia. It was the canary in the coal mine and... Um, whether that bird gets crushed or not, we don't know yet, but <laughs> other canaries can make it through. And Luna is the next canary. That's my little spiel. I think I'm, I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I would add two more things to it. I think that the Luna Plus subscription Netflix-style thing is 100% a much better way to go than Stadia's oh, a la carte in addition yeah. to your subscription fee. Uh, and I think that's to 100% compete with Game Pass and xCloud, which is essentially the same thing now, as long as you want an Android device. And uh, speaking of, the other thing I would add is it's just like, I think it cannot be understated how huge it is that it's on iOS. Like the enormous yeah. install base of iOS that now this is the only streaming option they have access to. That's going to be huge to get their foot in the door and have people streaming via the web. So it's not even like an app that they have to wait to get through approval and they don't have to wait through Apple's App Store guidelines like Google and Microsoft are kind of struggling to do right now. The one kind of wrench in that that I would throw is that Xbox did announce that coming very, very soon to the Xbox app, you can basically remote play from your physical Xbox on iOS, but it still won't be game streaming like like through xCloud. So I did sign up for early access. I'm I'm excited to try it out. I'm, I'm sure it will be something that I go... That's cool that it exists and it works, but it's still not a way that I see myself playing video games. Mm-hmm. Might be a good way to play yep. Destiny on the go. That's it. Who knows? We are gonna skip the ad read Probably. because uh, I'm gonna. We are we're going long and we've got a we've got a yummy yummy main quest to talk about. <laughs> so I'm gonna skip the ad read. You all know us. Go to YouTube. Please subscribe. Don't be an idiot. Go to Patreon. Give us a dollar. Dope stuff coming your way. <laughs> Only um, idiots don't subscribe. Idiots. Idiots. And check out our other podcast, AAWY, and also with you. Uh, we are doing some really fun stuff. We played Celebrity Special Forces Pandemic Response Team last week. Uh, let's just say there are three different types of dogs on that list, and we had to decide where they go. It's great. Um, next up, let's move on to our main quest. Our main quest is... $70 games. Are they too much? Is the industry ready? Are consumers ready for $70 video games? A little heads up, most next-gen games right now are starting to be priced at $70. We saw that start with NBA 2K21, whatever the new NBA game is that's coming out. 21. Um, and we saw that also kind of continue along with Call of Duty on next-gen, and then now we've seen that basically every major PlayStation first-party release will also be $70 next-gen. And it, I'm actually curious, I assume 
they will be $70 on the current gen versions as well. Otherwise, you could just buy the PS4 version for 60 and then unlock the PS5 version later. Sackboy is is cross gen. That's sixty. So maybe the cross gen games are sixty bucks, and then if it's like a PS five exclusive, then it's seventy. You think that's going to be the same for Horizon Zero Dawn? I don't know. We'll find out. But it's no, cross gen. Yeah. Seventy bucks. Yeah, I think it's going to be seventy. I think seventy is going to be not just a next gen thing, but a video games going forward thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So Holden and Steven, you guys had a, a little Twitter exchange that kind of spawned this conversation as our main quest. What are what are your thoughts, and where do you think seventy games are taking us? I'll let Holden go first. Um, so I feel like this is kind of long overdue in terms of raising the the game price. I think the industry has been hurting. I mean, I put that in quotations very specifically, but um, they've been seeking alternative methods for um, for um, for payment or income, such as microtransactions and loot boxes, that kind of whole you know shebang there. And the last generation of games, we didn't see a price increase. And I feel like it's kind of been put off to this. I just kind of feel like it's time. We've been hearing a lot of conversations about um, how how much more expensive games are to produce. So I just I I I would love for games to continue costing sixty dollars, obviously, but I just don't think that the economic reality of making games in twenty twenty and for the future of this generation, because we got to consider this is also going to be the thing for the next five plus years or so with the current generation. Well the upcoming current generation <laughs> that I feel like this is warranted and I think the industry is ready. And I do want to add on to this as well. I feel like Sony tried to say something with the launch lineup of, of this, of the PS five demon souls is $70 Sackboy is $60 and Spider-Man is $50. Not all games have to be 70. Some games can be less than that. And I feel like that's also been a conversation in the industry as well, is that you know you can release a uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice at forty dollars, and it's a great gaming experience. PlayStation um, released um, Ratchet and Clank, the PS4 remake, for forty dollars. So I, I don't necessarily see this as all next gen next gen games are going to cost seventy dollars. I just think it's the new upper ceiling. Most games are probably going to fall in there. CD Projekt Red's next game, I bet it's going to be $70. Bethesda games, they're going to be $70. The Last of Us Part 3, it's going to be $70. Like, I think a lot of the huge, huge games are still going to be there, but I think that we've just created a new range more than anything. Steven, you have 60 seconds for your... Res- I'm just kidding. Take as long as you need. <laughs> so, I was about to say, damn. Um, so... I think it's impossible to have this discussion. You know, when we talk about is the industry quote unquote ready for $70 games, that was the thing that you put in the notes, right? Mm-hmm. I I think it's impossible to talk about the industry without also including consumers. And so because they are a part of the video game industry. And so I think it's also really challenging to talk about increasing prices on video games without talking about the economic realities of a lot of consumers. And what I see is I see Phil Spencer getting up on stage and talking about how gaming is for everyone and PlayStation saying the same thing. The reality is, from my perspective, increasing the games, even $10, and we'll talk about what that is in a moment, 
is going to lock out some people. Is it going to lock out everybody? No. But the but for me, I sat on Twitter when the reality of $70 games came out, right? Like we had a suspicion when 2K somehow stepped on that rake and told us about <laughs> about NBA. Like I don't know Everyone's why like, they, you go first, man. You go first. I don't know why they, I mean, I'm sure people were playing chicken, right? But like I don't know why 2K went first, but you know, they they went. And so it didn't but it and people talked about it, but it didn't really get discussions going until we started seeing the prices for PlayStation 5 games. And there are a number of people that who um you know, kind of I thought the same thing as you guys did or that you did Holden is that first night I was like, oh, you know what? It's time. You know what? Prices have stayed the same. They skipped a generation. Video games have never been cheaper. You know, Colin Moriarty made that speech. I mean, how many times he empirically proved it? I'm sure he did everything, everything except the chalkboard to prove that games have never been cheaper. He's been talking about that for at least 10 years now. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he didn't do, and I'm, and I'll be honest, I don't know why they didn't have him do the do the lab coat and the chalkboard bit. Like it just would have been really good YouTube content, but obviously whatever. The um but all that aside, the reality is it is contradictory to say video games are for everyone and we want everyone to play video games. And we want everyone to play our games and then raise prices. And so that $10 seems like not a lot. But, um, and and I have heard that. And the, the inciting incident where you and I talked about this was a guy gloating about how he was removed from a number of Facebook groups from dying on a hill that video games are too cheap. That is not the same, by the way, <laughs> as defending a $10 price increase. Because the reality is there are a number of people where the economic reality is that a $60 video game is a sacrifice. It's hard. And the reality is I, I don't, I'm not one of those people, obviously, right? But I talk to parents all the time who are like, listen, you know, I, I, you know, I talk about, oh, well, you're getting that new Xbox for your kids. And they're like, no, I can't. I can't afford that. Right? And so <clears> – <throat> I make a point through my own coverage and through my own conversations to talk about, you know, cheaper games and things like that. Taking a game from 60 to 70 is that means that 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 puts it in a different category. It's a different kind of thing. And some of that's mental and some of that's emotional, but it is there. And for a lot of parents, you know, I talked to a mom who's in my kid's Boy Scout troop and her husband passed away. And so she's a single mom. She has two sons. And she met, she bumped into me and my wife at a GameStop and she was browsing looking for a game. And uh, I, I knew, knew definitively from talking to her sons and they talked to my sons that Splatoon was going to be their business. Right. Like Splatoon 2 was just going to be the thing. And she's like, wow, it's 60 bucks. I can't do that. Right. And because she obviously, you know, she's trying to be responsible. So then I was like, get Rocket League. It's 20 bucks. Right. And that has been their jam. So $10 matters. And so if what you're saying is correct, that this is going to, and I, the things that you've said, I agree with you. Right. Sony sent, whether they sent a message intentionally or not. Right. Like these games are all different price points. 
And if that ends up being the result where there are some like top tier triple A bananas video games, Cyberpunk 2099 or The Witcher 4, whatever, right? Like The Witcher 4, if they come out and they're like, this game is 70 bucks, I'd be like, you know what? That's a $70 ass video game, right? Like I know because I know that. Um, yeah. But and, and Ratchet and Clank, you know, you come out and you're 50 bucks. I'd be like, you know what? That sounds like a $50 ass video game. And and that sounds great. And if they do that, then they want to come out and say Witcher 4 is $100. You know what? I might even be cool with that, right? Like if they actually price them based on the effort that goes in as opposed to locking them all at one. Like if that's what they do, great. I think we just have to be careful. And the, the real thing is income disparity is also influenced by race and in the United States. And so – and the reason I said what I said – is holy crap did that day turn into a deluge of white dudes on their YouTube channels talking about and many of them who live in San Francisco telling us it's time for game prices to go up. And I'm not saying you were doing that, Holden. This is not about you. Um, you and I have you and I have disagreed on a number of things, and I have Call nothing me a but racist. Respect. I can never forgive you. I don't think any. <laughs> I, and, and honestly, I'm totally I don't with you. You're totally fine. Yeah. And I'll be clear. I don't think any of them were meaning it too. But like, mm-hmm. I love Greg Miller like a brother. I don't know him. I love that man. But he's like, it's time for prices to go up, and I'm like, it is easy for you to say, sir, who has not paid for a video game in years, and like, and who lives who who lives in San Francisco, like. It's hard. And gets many games for free. And gets a lot of his games for free. And you know what? He should. He does hard work. And he sells also a lot of video games. So I'm not even getting on that. It's just it is easy to say because he hasn't had to make the decision. You guys, you know, you hear me talk about I can only play one or two grown-up games a year. And I go have these with my friends. It's because I have to make responsible decisions with my money. Because a lot of my disposable income is put into my hobby, which is running games. And so I buy a lot of games that I probably would never buy if I were one of you guys. If I were just the third member of your cast, just the old fat guy that hung out every once in a while, I would play very different video games, right? But I have I made choices. So I, I think that part has been ignored in a lot of those discussions. And I think that's why I was like, you know what, let's save this for Sunday. Because I think it needed to be said that... Yeah, you're right. Economic reality is video games are more expensive to make than they ever have been. However, uh, lots. <laughs> my counter to that is, um, if I knew, if I knew that paying that extra ten bucks was going to go directly towards paying the employees more or their benefits or letting them keep their jobs after the game ships and things like that, I would be all in on some level. But the reality is, I know that that is not the case. I know that these are, and and at the end of the day, I'm a capitalist, you know, whatever, right? Like I'm not a, you know, socialist at heart, but I know that those are, that these prices are being increased by profit driven companies. And at the end of the day, they are responsible to their shareholders and not to their employees. And not to their customers, truly. I mean, they have to so, – so that is a problem for me. Is, so that's why I say if the prices must go up, then so be it. They must go up. I pay more for gas now than I did when I, was, when I first got my license. Milk is more now than it was. I get it. Prices go up. But I don't think that we need to champion those prices 
and roll into Facebook groups and yell at people or whatever. It's prices are going up. And that. so you said he shouldn't be kicked out of groups just for expressing an opinion. I doubt that he was. I, doubt, I think he went in there and said video games are too cheap and threw up some memes. And maybe it got a little ticky tacky. But I doubt it was having a reasonable discussion about how prices – you know what I mean? You don't get kicked out of groups for that. Three of them at least. Um, so – that's my only defense on this. I think that as we are reasonable adults here, except for Chad, but the, um, I'm a reasonable child. That's fair. Fair. Well, yeah, Good. that's what we meant. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to, we, we just have to include that in the discussion. And like I said, if prices need to go up, they go up. The, the, the Xbox, I pre-ordered a $500 Xbox one or Xbox series X. I did not pre-order an Xbox one X. I feel so bad for those people. I don't. The, the good news is there aren't that many people that did it, and I think uh, so. The the, so the they got that email, and it's like my Series X is arriving next week. I can't believe it. How am I getting it so soon? <laughs> and then you can't. And then you know what you do? You cancel it. Yep. yep. And then it'll never get there. The good news is on Amazon at least you can just cancel it. So that's fine. But the um, I think that just added more to the pre-order confusion on some sites than than actually selling bad consoles. But anyway, um, it is we just have to include that. That's all. I think that we as reasonable adults in this industry, we should include the fact that these fine if prices must go up. So be it. This is part, I can't control it. It's not like I can write a letter. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think we can at the same time celebrate games are for everyone. And then bump up prices that are going to make it so some people aren't going to be able to play these games. Stephen, I'm curious if you, if, if you would be more behind. Not not that if you would be. I'm curious if the seventy dollar price point is okay and it's fine and it can still be gaming for everyone because we've introduced different ways to buy because we have Xbox Game Pass with hundred games and new Xbox first party games and now Bethesda games day one, including EA access as well. Like as well as Xbox all access with that 25 bucks a month. Get you all that. Like is, is it, is it okay that they're $70 now and more expensive because you don't have to pay $70 to play them? I probably would actually be if Microsoft came out and said, look guys, this is our policy moving forward. We're going to sell our video games digitally. If you want to own it without the subscription for 99 99, but if you want to just maintain your subscription at $10 or $15 a month, I would probably be okay with that. I'd probably be okay with it. The reality is if you you can't play those games if you don't own an Xbox, to my understanding. There isn't a way to play Xbox games without an Xbox right now. Well, um, X-Cloud with X-Cloud, yeah. yeah. Okay, X-Cloud is the exception. But with, you're certainly not going to play X-Cloud. You can't play X-Cloud without the subscription because X-Cloud right. is included in that. So. Yeah. If you have xCloud, then you're getting the game through the subscription anyway. Like if they came out in $99.99, it's just like a, a phony baloney number. But if they just said this is the inflated price and you can either pay cash for it there or you can buy it through the subscription, I wouldn't really be all that mad about that. Because the reality is the subscription is significantly more accessible. That is the option. That is the way to get into it. That's how people, you know, how, I mean, how many of us have Netflix subscriptions as opposed to buying cable, right? Although that's getting wacky now anyway. But so, yeah, I probably would be okay that if they charged more and they and that was the answer. But Sony isn't doing that, nor yeah. is 2K, nor is it's, you know, so a lot of these companies are just raising the prices. And I know that um, a handful of dollars out of that 10 is going to go to their CEO. And 
I'm not convinced that that's a great spend. But I can't stop it. I still think video games are an incredible value. I still think it's an incredible you know, part of our culture. So I still think that it is worth it. I just think we have to – we have, we as commentators, podcasters, we just have to consider that, especially mm. when we consider the fact that income disparity is so heavily impacted by, you know, by race and, you know, it, and gender, things like that. It, it's tough. It's tough. We, get, we just got to keep that in mind. It's a little footnote. So, yeah, that's it. So I'm going to have an opinion that I think might not be the most – most popular here but i want to just preempt that with you're definitely right that someone who can't afford 60 dollars is not going to be happy about 70 dollars and the implications throughout society of that um and i agree that gaming is for everyone i want to clarify what i mean by that though because i think i might have a different definition of that than um than um, some other people sure movies are for everyone is the king speech for everyone is Transformers for everyone. Just because movies is for everyone doesn't mean that a specific game has to be for everyone in this context. Like, at launch for PS5, there's a reason that Spider-Man, Sackboy, and Demon Souls and Destruction All-Stars are the kind of launch-up games because they each meet a different type of gamer. And there's a large multitude of gamers. Someone who likes Demon Souls might not like Sackboy. They could. Like, I think I'm a gamer who would appreciate both games, but not everyone is, is like that. And so though I think that gaming is for everyone, I wouldn't say Demon Souls is a game for everybody, just because some people don't like that really difficult game. And I'm not talking accessibility. I think that the platform holders, PlayStation, like uh, Microsoft, Nintendo, all of them, need to do a lot more for accessibility. I'm not talking about that. Um, I just mean that there's different tastes, there's different... Um, things to play and in the context of a brand new game coming out it's not like it makes other games more expensive especially with backwards compatibility if you want to go and get used copies of games of like you know Dark Souls 3 or something like that you can find that for for cheaper and that is an option for for people I know that's not the you know, the friendliest take ever. It'd be really awesome if everyone could enjoy Demon's Souls at $70 right at launch. And you're right, it's an economic reality that not everyone's going to be able to do that. But I don't think that cuts people off of gaming entirely. People still have a huge amount of options. They actually have more options to play old games than there are options being taken away by new games being priced out of their price range. I get what you're saying, and I that's certainly a take. Um, my counterpoint to that is I don't think I'm comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, com- comparing not demon souls, not being my jam because I don't want to play super hard video games versus I don't want to play demon souls because I need to eat this week. So like, I, I, I see what you mean, right? Not gaming being for everyone, does not necessarily mean that everyone should be playing should be playing everything, but I, I mean some of the, I don't that, play. I mean that's what you said. You said and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding was you were like gaming is not necessarily for gaming is for everyone, but yeah, just because you can't play everything doesn't mean that you're that gaming is not for you. What I was building off of there was example of saying that not every game is for everyone. I think we can all agree on that. Just like every movie, every song is not made for you know everyone. 
Um, sure. Then I then I, that was just that was just to lay out how the gaming for everyone to me means that the concept of gaming is for everyone. That's all I was laying out there. Sure. The after part was me saying if a game is sixty dollars at a range for someone, that doesn't mean the game isn't for them. And they you know fuck you, you just can't get it. But if a game is out of your price range, there are many other options for you. Therefore, sure. gaming is still for you. That that game that's brand new will be on sale later on. And if it's something that's out of your price range, then then it can still be purchased later on when it's discounted. I'm not saying that game isn't for you because you're poor or anything. I want to be very explicit. That's not what I'm saying. I kind of sure. see that. How you're I, saying like like when you related it to the movies, like you could pay 20 bucks to go see a movie in a theater on launch and spend yeah, that exactly. money. Or you're like, listen, the theater is not something that really is in my budget right now. I can wait until this is $5 to rent. And then there's the other person who's like, even that's not really something I can see myself spending money on. You can wait till it comes to the subscription that you that you're already paying yeah. for. I see where you're okay. coming from. I appreciate that clarification, and I and and that's you're right. That's really what you were saying. Now that I now that I hear it again, so thank you for the clarification. Um, I think I, I don't really have I, I don't have a rebuttal for that because you are right. Right, like I want to play games. There are certain games that are outside of my, you know, I can't play Star Citizen right now, right? Like I just, I can't buy into that shenanigans, right? There are some people that want to play World of Warcraft and can't, right? Because they are, um, because they don't have a PC and they can't afford a PC, you know? So that I understand. Um, and I understand that that's certainly the truth, right? I mean, that's, that, that is, and that's always been the case, right? You know, if you had a, if you can't afford two consoles, that means you can't afford to play both Halo and God of War. That's been the case since time immemorial. That's just you know, right. Same Sonic and Mario, etc. So you are right, and I agree on that part. I just think, again, I, I just think that we, when we talk about these things, mm-hmm. just need to take all that into cons- just recognize what we are course, saying, yeah. and and I and and I think you guys are, and I said it. Um, you know, really there's the message that we are sharing is very different from games are too goddamn cheap right now. They need to be more expensive. And the reality is, uh, I saw a lot of people saying stuff like that. Oh man, games are just so cheap. They're the cheapest they've ever been. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. That's true. However, you say games are cheaper now than they've ever been, but someone who is a single mom, who's got three kids trying to buy video games, doesn't have to worry about how much video games cost based on inflation in the Nintendo 64 era because they weren't buying games then. But now, games yeah, are there's tough. a lot more gamers as well. There's so like you can gamers. charge less for a game than you would have 20 years ago because how many gamers were there on N64 and PS1 versus nowadays? Yeah. There's so, so many more gamers. You can lower that price just because the demand. It'll be really interesting to see how things progress. And obviously, that's one of the reasons why free-to-play games like Fortnite and yeah. you know Among Us on mobile, Warzone. That's why these games are so incredibly popular because they are giving people who did not have a chance to play – that wouldn't have a chance to play these games on you know otherwise a chance. That's why it's such a, uh, so heartbreaking that Epic and Apple, Apple are having this – thing and so so many kids that play Fortnite on their iPhones are missing out on this amazing Marvel event because you know like because these two billionaires are having a slap fight 
and you know, and the and what's missing is there's an 11 year old who played Fortnite for two years with their friends during you know, and during this you know, or ignore two years played Fortnite with on iPhone with their friends as the only way to connect with them during this freaking pandemic, and now because of a billionaire slap fight they can't. It, it's we just need to consider the reality of not us hardcore guys and you know so that's all and but and also to continue on your point too of like keeping in mind the just the huge economic range of people who you know play video games like i i'm glad there's a cap on it and it's not this conversation of well just variable pricing from here on out elder scrolls is a big game we can charge 120 dollars for that like i think that would be a disaster um that would be really bad i, I can't imagine because like because also just we'd be having this conversation, I feel like, every year when some big, huge game comes out and EA decides to be a complete asshole and say, well, this is Star Wars, so we can charge more for it. Like, having that cap is important for that reason because there does have to be that consideration for the larger community as well. Mm-hmm. And, we'll, and we'll see, too. Like, it might be that next year we realize that $70 games are not selling as well and it's actually costing these companies money and they now have to lower the price. And maybe they'll figure their crap out. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I think this was a productive conversation. Oh, yeah. I don't really have much else to say. So, I think 2020 has been a year that we've all been, for many different topics, a little bit more woke, taking other perspectives into account. And I think uh, <laughs> we are all now a little bit more woke about video game pricing as well. Thank you, Stephen. Actually, on that, on that note, actually, COVID, do we think that this conversation would have been happening as much with COVID or without COVID? I think it still would have been happening, but do you guys think COVID impacted this? People who may not be able to afford the games has kind of grown as a pool. I would have still had the same discussion because I think I still would have seen the same people talking because the reality is COVID has exacerbated a problem that has existed. We were talking about income inequality in 2016. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like COVID definitely made it worse, right? Yeah. And I think COVID has illuminated that problem to a lot of folks that didn't have it before right um which is unfortunate right like i wish people came to you know kind of had their come to jesus moment when it wasn't an apocalypse like you know it would have just been a little bit better that's how it usually happens yeah unfortunately but it would have been nice if they like read a read a book or something but whatever here we go apocalypse everybody gonna have a change this is america what's a book (laughs) i mean facts all right so a funny youtube video um I thought you were going to say facts. I'm like, well, America, what's a fact? I have no idea. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Um, But no, I don't don't think COVID is really impacting that because this this reality was there pre-COVID. It's just – it certainly isn't helping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I, I know I said it a little tongue-in-cheek about 2020 making us woke about a bunch of different things. But honestly, I think had 2020, this previous 10 months, not happened the way that it did – I do think I would have a slightly different mindset coming into this conversation. Like, I do think that I am thinking from others' perspectives a lot more about pretty much everything considering the last 10 months than I would have been had COVID not happened, which then sparked all these other things, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, everything that's happening in 2020. So I think it has had some impact on it for me in the conversation, and I'm sure for other people as well. 2020 is definitely, there are definitely a lot of people, you know, just from even our own conversations, right? We've all learned from each other and we're just three dudes on the internet, right? Like there's plenty of other dudes on the internet who have been open and thought about it and and learned. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
let's uh, let's scoot right along, everyone. We have a we are so fucking humble part where we uh, invite our guests to come and talk about whatever they want to talk about, and not what we decide we're going to talk about. So, Stephen, you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. I have a lot of podcasts. So (laughs) this all started with um, my audio guy quit, more or less. (gasps) What's his address? I'll go stab him. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) He quit for a really good reason, actually. I mean, it really came down to the fact that he didn't have the time anymore because he got a a much better job. He works at Lego. And so he's just killing it over there. Yeah, um, Lego's a great company. Um, he's working in their customer service area. Uh, I'll tell you what, my Christmases have gotten a lot better for my kids <laughs> with, uh, uh, with the Lego discount. Okay. But I'll let him live. He, yeah, man. He, um, <laughs> listen, my kids got that. You can't see it, but the Voltron that they put out, we got that thing for way less than we should have. It's pretty great. But, um, cause as long as you don't mind the box being busted, um, <laughs> and who cares about the box anyway? So the, so I started editing my own shows. And so as soon as I started editing my own shows and realized that making more content was no longer an imposition on another person's time, I was like, oh, well, I should probably make more of these because, I mean, they take time, but whatever. You know, I can play World of Warcraft while I edit. You know, it's not that big of a deal. So um, I was like, you know what? Let me start this World of you know, I'm playing World of Warcraft now and because I started playing that as a result of the pandemic because I needed comfort food. Like I needed – something familiar. And so I just resubscribed to World of Warcraft, which is a game that um, if you are a longtime EFG listener, which many of your people are not, uh, you'll know that I actually played it a long time and I actually had to quit because I was, I had an unhealthy relationship with the game. Um, I was playing too much. I was, it was as close to addiction as I think you can reasonably get into. And um, it it's a was, really addictive game. It's like the most common game I hear with addiction attached to as well. I didn't mean to laugh. It's just like, Oh, it's it's funny, um, but I call it an unhealthy relationship because I don't know if it was truly addiction or not. So I call it an unhealthy relationship because either way, it's accurate. And so I quit for a long time, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back because I miss it. I'm much better about it things now than I was before. Like I'm, you know, so. And worst case, I know when to bail. And so I start. I just booted it up one Friday. My wife was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing a video game." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, I told her. And then I started a podcast with a friend of mine who has been in the in my guild with me for, well, not with me, but she and I met 15 years ago when I started playing it initially, and um, we've been in touch the the whole time. And so the podcast is called EFG LFG PST, which is. Uh, Terrible SEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it's terrible SEO. But it's part of the Engage Family, what I am slowly turning into the Engage Family Gaming Podcast Network. So basically, I am just making my own stuff and, you know, slowly adding new shows. And this is my second one. And it's been a lot of fun. You know, we meet every Monday and we chat about what's happening. There's a new expansion coming on October 26th. Shout out to World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Um, and, you know, so we've been talking a lot about that and telling stupid stories. And it's been a while. It's been fun. The advantage to this one is we keep this one much shorter. So the, the regular Engage Family Gaming podcast is between an hour, an hour and a half every week. This one is about half hour, 45 minutes. It's quick, short, sweet. Um, 
there's not an awful lot to talk about right now, and there's only two of us. Obviously, things might change a little bit when we have the actual meat of the expansion, which is very soon. But it's been a lot of fun kind of learning how to do the audio. We bought the uh, we uh, subscribed to the Adobe Audition and did all that stuff. Um, and I'm learning my own tricks. I bought a, a, a Razer um, – what is it? The Razer Tartarus so that I could have uh, – so I could remap some of the keys so that I could you know have – so I don't even have to touch my keyboard to like swipe and delete stuff. <laughs> I, I also learned that I say um way more than I ever thought I did. Oh my god. <laughs> now that you're editing your own stuff. Now that I'm editing my own stuff, I listen and I'm like, oh man, I've got some ticks. Like you got you must hate me, Chad. You're like, oh god, <laughs> Steve's on the episode. I hate this guy. To be honest, so, I don't do anywhere near that amount of detail. So you're good. Well, the reason I did it and is that I got a couple reviews where people were like, you know what, this dude is freaking unlistenable. And I was like, woof. <laughs> and then I asked my audio guy and he was like, yeah, you're really not that bad. You're basically like on par with any of the IGN guys. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, you're fine. And then I listened and I was like, oh, and obviously you're always more critical of yourself. And I was like, you know what? It's cool, dude. You don't have the time. Go, you go do your work. He still runs our social channels. So like, he's still, he's still part of the family, but, um, but I was like, I'll do mine. And so I go through and I clip out some of my ums and I, you know, rearrange it a little bit just so that I'm not unlistenable. To that one guy who's never going to listen again, obviously. But, um, but it's been a lot of fun. We're going to add – I just talked to my brother today. We're going to add a show all about collectible card games uh, like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, and Hearthstone and all that. And that's going to be like a once-a-month thing. And we're going to do another one that is all about tabletop role-playing games um, to go along with my video game and board game podcast, which this is all fun. You know, it, it, yeah. this is it, – expanding the content that we make. And you guys know all about this because you've been doing this all year. Like expanding the content we make is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's dope. And obviously people can go to engagefamilygaming.com to keep up with kind of what you have coming in the pipeline when Absolutely. it's available. The WoW one Absolutely. is available now though, right? WoW one, we just, we just finished episode 10, published that this week. Nice. So we've got 10 episodes under our belt. Dana and I are... Uh, we're kind of hitting our stride. I think another really strong point is most of my, like I'm the host on all my shows, but most of my guest hosts are women. So, you know, if you're interested in a, a you know, woman's perspective on video games, board games, or world of Warcraft, you can actually get that. Um, you know, and I try to get as many guests as I possibly can. I've had some pretty big names. I have some other ones coming soon. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, I try and give some balance if you just go to whatever podcast platform you like and just look for Engaged Family Gaming, you'll find us. Everything's going on the same feed. I thought oh, cool. briefly about having separate feeds for everything. And I said, you know what? We're cool. We'll just put it on one. And um, it makes my it, it also makes up for the fact that EFG PST has terrible <laughs> SEO. So but the EFG, obviously, so Engaged Family Gaming. LFG, yep. looking for a group. It's a common thing you do yep. in MMOs. Hey, I'm looking for a group to do this mission, whatever. Yep. What is a PST other than Pacific PST Standard Time? PST means please, please send tell. So in World of Warcraft, if before they put in the group finders, so this is kind of like a reference to old time stuff. Um, so long time World of Warcraft players know it. Is If you wanted to go to a dungeon, you would have to sit like in chat. And you would be like, you know, level 15, whatever, looking for group and the name of the dungeon... PST. Right. And so um, I, a lot of the, it turns out there are a lot of World of Warcraft podcasts and um, most of them have started and died. And so the problem with podcasts are, you know, 
if they exist, you, you obviously can't, you know, they camp on the name forever. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not, this is not going to be my full-time job. This is an extra piece of content that's going to go on my network. So I'm just going to pick something that I think is fun to say. And our logo for the podcast actually looks amazing. I had my, my buddy who is, I call him my design guy, but really he's just, he's literally my ex fiance's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> a lot of exes. <laughs> she, uh, well, I, I'm still in touch with her because it was a million years ago. And when, when Skyrim came out, of all things, the two of us were both posting on Facebook about it like crazy. And she was like, I'm going to regret this, but I need to introduce the two of you. And like when I go to New York Toy Fair, he actually lives right next to the, like, the bus line that goes into the Javits Center. So I actually stay at his house once a year. And every time we do, we make sure to send a picture to her of the two of us hanging out. And it's the funniest thing. <laughs> I mean, whatever. We were we were kids. But the uh, he did the logo, and the logo is obviously it's the nine grid. And each letter is uh, the color scheme is based on one of the expansions in World of Warcraft. So, like, the logo oh, changes cool. for every expansion. So it's like when they did Northrend, it was all cold and frosty. So it's like blue and white. <laughs> Excuse me. So that letter matches the color and style of the logo from that expansion and he spent i swear to god we we do like a content push every you know once a year usually it's during like e3 where we're all get together in one place and do a bunch of work um you should come next time holden you're welcome um (laughs) being that you're close enough um and we obviously eat like kings um and all that so the so he spent like a day working on color matching and pattern matching and crazy stuff. And so the logo, if you go there, just go to the engage family gaming logo or uh, engage family gaming podcast feed. You'll see it. It's really freaking cool. So now I'm like never going to change it as the two of these guys go to look at their phones. I'm going to go um, look at it right now. Yep. Yeah. We'll but it, it is it. actually really cool. It's really cool. Well, you're a design guy, Chad, so you'll appreciate it at least on a little bit, but yeah, that's our, that's what we've been doing, man. We're, we're adding world of Warcraft into the thing. And I think a lot of folks are like, is that really a game for kids? And from my perspective, it's a game that's 15 years old, and there are a lot of people who play the game or did play the game who now have children. So now we're, you're not going to come back and be a hardcore raider, right? You might have to scroll down a little bit. Um, you're not going to come back and like play it 100,000 hours a week. But I think this is a cool game to share with your kids. And so you know, we talk about it from a casual perspective. I'm not fine. Uh, I'm looking at the daily commute. That's why I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah. The daily commute had to stop because, guess what? I don't have a daily commute anymore. (laughs) That's going to come back when COVID is done and my office opens. Um, My design guy also did the daily commute um, logo, too. The daily commute logo is pretty great. He made a video of it. (laughs) Mine's still playing with the regular EFG. I'll look it up on the website. I want the podcast app, though. It might be different. Me, too, yeah. It might be. I would go to, um, if you go to anchor.com, FM slash engaged family gaming, you'll see it because I use Anchor for my podcast stuff. This podcast because is brought to you free. by Anchor M- FM. Yeah, because it's free and I'm cheap. And also, this is never going to be my full time job. So, you know, all those folks that are listening, if you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do my podcast, but I want to make this like a thing, maybe, you know, you get what you pay for with, with other fancier services. But if you just want to mess around, Anchor's great because it's free. So that's it. That's what I've been doing. That's why I am so effing humble because I'm now a podcast <laughs> mogul. 
Yeah, you've got a ton of content coming. That's awesome, man. Uh, Holden, I'm going to make the executive decision that we're going to talk about BetFest next week. Because I talked too much. No, well, I mean, we also, we're waiting for September 30th for the Metacritic for Avengers on that bet. There was a bet. Oh, we did have a bet to make a, a decision about? We do have a bet. There is there is no new stories that I'm like think are bet worthy. Okay. But this is the last week, so we have to do at least one bet. Okay, okay. Hold on. I'm gonna run through I'm gonna run through the summer ban- It's Summer Games Bet Fest! Bet. Yeah. That's right, the Summer Games Bet Fest will take less fest some bets. Bet. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> My first bet wasn't even didn't even do the bet, I just said uh <laughs> 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 Um The bet this week is are we going to see the PlayStation 5 UI this week? Because <laughs> oh, that's God. all I got. Oh, God. No. And I have to do this week only because that's when the bet fest ends. We are not going to see it this week. I agree. Although, although there is... So my friend Donovan was telling me about this event that's happening in Japan where people can get hands-on and play PlayStation 5 in person the first week of October oh. in Japan. Which means people oh, will see oh. the PlayStation 5 in action. Which means we could get an, a, a reveal of the UI this week. I'm switching it to yes. Yes, we will see the PlayStation 5 UI before Sunday of next week. Well, I didn't come in with that information, so I'm still going to say <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. It was new information. I'm going to say yes now. Because why not? I'm already losing so badly in this. It doesn't You might matter. as well say the same thing as me to guarantee you'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was one update to BetFest. Okay. But we'll, we'll go over it next week. We'll go over it next yeah. week. We'll have the final tally and everything. But there we go. Steven, what do you think? Is it coming Steven, next week? Wanna... Is it coming this week or not? Oh, man. No, I, I'm going to still bet no. <gasps> Jacques! We're going to slide yeah. right into that Game on Game Show. The Game on a Game Show where we play a game called Game on a Game Show on a Gaming Show. Game, 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 game. You all, I have, I have 11 things on this new game that I'm going to show you. We'll trim it based on how well you guys are doing with it, because these might give you some, some struggles mentally. But this is called the Multilingual Game Name Game. <laughs> and it is a game inspired by a game that Jesse brought to AAWI this morning, um, where we take something that you know, and we run it through a bunch of Google translators and see what comes out and see if you still know it. <laughs> so we have a list of games... Names of games that I know you are all familiar with. And we're going to turn this into a little bit of a competition. So I will read off whatever came out of the translation. I can't tell you what languages it was translated into because I literally just went to Google Translate, hit translate on like 35 random languages, and then put it back to English, and that's what you get. Um, so here's how it will work. I will read the translated name. And you will both, at the same time, quickly try to think of the name of the actual game. And when you think that you've got it, you say your own name. So, Holden, you would say Spaghetti. Steven, you would say Steven. <laughs> and then I can say, all right, Steven, I heard you say your name. Holden said a food. What do you think <laughs> the game is? And then you would let me know. If you are correct, you get a point. If you are incorrect, Holden has a chance to steal it. If he is incorrect, no one gets a point. We move on. Who's, who's Holden again? Uh, Holden is spaghetti. Oh, that's me then. Yes. Okay. If I say Holden, I mean spaghetti. Okay. Just clarifying. It was very confusing because my name is Spaghetti DeBardo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you an example to let you know how it works. I will start by saying the name Assassination Cult. Assassin's Creed. 
You failed. Spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes, spaghetti. You said you would like to say, go. What do you think it is? Last of Us Part Two. False. Steven, you have a chance to, oh, to steal it. Do you think you know what Assassination Cult is? This is Assassin's Creed. It is Assassin's Creed. Congratulations, Steven. You get a point. Spaghetti, you failed. So that's oh. how it's going to go. Uh, I purposely chose that one because it was easy. I think you guys can eventually get all of these. That was hard. But I will that put. really hard. <laughs> I will put a little bit of a timer on this. So I feel like I'm, I, maybe I'm going to give it 60 seconds max for you guys to kind of rack your brains. Maybe in 30. 60 might be too long. But if I feel like you're struggling or failing, I might give you a hint and then I might just call it. Number one Aging Manuscript Forgetfulness Coma. Uh, Steven. <laughs> Steven, do you think you know what it is? Yes. Uh, it is. Um, this is Elder Scrolls. Uh, which one is it? Um, you said you said aging forget- manuscript forgetfulness coma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm. Um, um, I'm gonna say uh, Elder Scrolls, and uh, I, I I think it, I'm gonna say it's Elder Elder Scrolls Online. That is incorrect, Stephen. Okay. Uh, Holden, you have a chance to steal. Do you think you might know what it is? I'm I'm gonna. I will agree with Stephen that it is Elder Scrolls. I was thinking Elder Scrolls Two, not Two. The Elder Scrolls Two. That one. Uh, I'm gonna say Elder Scrolls. What was it? The one more time. Aging manuscript forgetfulness coma. Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That is correct. Holding you. I'm mean, sorry, oh, spaghetti. I you have one point. One. Yep. I forgot about that one. I was thinking about one that had two words. And then I blanked and just said online. That's all right. That's all right. That was round one. You've got a few more to go. I just figured Skyrim, they would have said Skyrim still because it would have translated back. To the so same I thought thing, about that. Like, and I took that into consideration. And if there is something like that in the future, I would separate those two words. Okay. Um, all right. Number two. Again, kind of sticking with something that's a little bit more recognizable and easier to get right up front. A fantastic final alliance. Spaghetti. Spaghetti, you think you have the answer? <laughs> is it Avengers Ultimate Alliance? That is incorrect. Steven, you have a chance to steal. A the fantastic a, final alliance. A fantastic final alliance. How is that not Avengers Ultimate Alliance? <laughs> oh, because it's... Um, because it's... Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That is correct. Oh, that is correct. It is Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Yes. That one goes to Steven. You are now even one and one. Next up. That was such a stupid loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot I have a... Okay, so fun side story. 10 seconds max. I'm putting HHH in all caps to let me know that Holden won that one. And I'm putting SSS for Steven to let me know Steven won that one. But I forgot a long time ago, I created a shortcut that if I tape SSS, that's our split screen gaming podcast socials. <laughs> and it just auto filled our Instagram information. Okay, fun fact <laughs> over. Um, number three The Radiant Master Museum. The Radiant Master Museum. Mm. 
Radiant Master Museum. Yes. I got nothing. Can we get a hint? I have, yeah, I got nothing for this one either. A hint is this is primarily associated with the Xbox platform. The Radiant Master Museum. Oh, uh, Steven. Steven, yes, you think you might know what it I, is. I know what it is now. This, this, is the, this is the Halo Master Chief Collection. Correct, this is Halo the Master Chief Collection. Very good, very good. We've got two more we're going to do. Um... I'm gonna okay, we're gonna do three more just because I like one of them and I can't I, I like three of them. Okay, so here we go. The next one, Living Bad Village. Steven. Steven. So is this Resident Evil Village? This is Resident, Resident Evil, Evil Village. village? Yes, sure. correct. Is it Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil Eight Village? How are they they've, actually saying it? They've only in press releases referred to it by Resident Evil Village, even though they okay. do the V I I I and then turn it into Village. Okay. So to be specific, I don't. They don't send me press releases for Resident Evil games. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I just looked them up because I'm a nerd. Um, so that was uh, that's two now for Steven. Sorry, three now for Steven. So Steven won basically. But we're yeah, still going to go through won. these next because it's fun. Uh, two more to go. This one is a little tougher. The sick fairy tale is safe. The sick fairy tale is safe. I'm just bad at word association to begin with. So this is just, I have no idea what you're talking about. Now I'm thinking, is there a game called The Sick? No, it's not the name of the game, Holden. It's not that direct. The Sick Fairy Tale is safe. I will give you a hint. It's a game that released last year. The Sick Fairy Tale is safe. We're going to be mad when we don't know this one, aren't we? A little bit, a little bit. This is an indie game. Okay. The sick fairy tale is safe. Oh, man. This game was nominated for a game award. I believe the category was for best story. The sick fairy tale is safe. Someone for indie? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redact the very first hint I gave you. It might have been two years ago that it came out. Oh, I hate Maybe it was last year, though. No, no, it was last year. It was last year. <laughs> it was last year. At this point, just tell us, because now I'm so confused. Yeah, you got to tell us. Okay, this one is A Plague Tale Innocence. Oh, yeah, that was last year. <laughs> Yeah, there was no way I was getting that. <laughs> yeah. The final one, Strong Metal Toothache Pain. Spaghetti? Oh, spaghetti, do you think you know what that is? Is this Metal Gear Solid? For some reason, I think it's Metal Gear Solid. I don't know why. It is not Metal Gear Solid. Steven, you have a chance to steal it. Do you think you know what it is? Solid Metal. Strong toothache? Metal Toothache oh, strong. Pain. I don't know. No, I, I got nothing. It is the Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strong Metal Toothache Pain is what came out of Google Translate for that one. 
Uh, that's at least it. I got the franchise right because I'm like, oh, you look so you stupid did. when it's like turns out to be a Plague Tale. That's a fun game. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, that was a really fun concept that Jesse came up with today. I was like, I'm straight up stealing that. It was fun. All right. That's it for Game On Game Show. That is it for episode 180. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. You have a couple of pieces of homework. Number one, Horizon Zero Dawn. You have until Halloween to play that. Tell us your thoughts. Send them via email. Send them in a bird. (laughs) Make a bird eat a piece of paper. (laughs) Send that bird to me, and I will dissect it like an owl pellet. Uh, you also have to go to engagefamilygaming.com. Check out Steven's podcast, EFGLFGPST. Did I get it? Yeah, you did it. You did Hell it. Hell right. yeah. And all, and all my other podcasts. And all of his other podcasts, past, present, and future. Um, fuck, there was one more thing that I was going to say, too, about things that people need to do, but I totally forgot about it. So uh, just don't be an idiot, everyone. Be kind. Rewind. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for coming to join us. It was wonderful to have you on yet again. Um, that's it. There's, there's, there's so many people who are not going to know what you mean by be kind rewind anymore. <laughs> Brent, do you know what a blockbuster is? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, everyone. Until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't got anything.